Hello, I'm John, the executive producer here at Final Show Films. I got a few notes for you before the show. First, I want to thank you all for watching. We couldn't do what we do or the amount of things that we do without the support of you, the viewer. If you want to support us financially, which we always appreciate, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us continue this and all the things that we do. I want to give a special shout out to our $25 supporters, Antitonic, Cat Waterflame, and Samantha Bates. Uh, second, I want to let you all know that we here at Final Show Films are planning a little get-together up at Gen Con this year. That's August 2nd through 5th up at Indianapolis. We're going to be up there sort of hanging out, enjoying the con, spending time together. And if any of you guys want to come up and say hi, please feel free. We don't bite unless you want us to. And if you enjoy whatever it is you're about to watch or listen to, be sure to check out our website at finalshowfilms.com where you can find links to all of our other content, both podcast and video. And be sure to follow me at John A. Bates on Twitter for more updates on all of the content we're creating in the future. In the meantime, thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoy. That's what everyone comes back to. Well, not quite. That was that was the, that was the very last thing before the mics came on. <laughs> All right, uh, welcome back, everyone, to Warcraft RPG: Storm, Earth, and Fire. I am William, and I am the dungeon master. I said my name really weird there. I am the dungeon master for this Warcraft RPG campaign, and introducing today our player characters. We have Holly. Hi, I am Holly. I am playing Shiana Flame Carver. Um, she is an orc rogue. There you go. And Austin. Hi, I'm Austin, and I'm playing a troll hunter. But mostly just a troll. His name is Jenga Tall. Like he cares about his name. I know, <laughs> but people but, in know, the audience, if John isn't going to be here to play the producer, I'm going to have to because none of you are. <laughs> people in the audience need to know his name. All right, and Stan. Um, that would be me. I'm playing Josh, the uh, Goblin Tinker. And Zachary? I'm Zach, and I'm playing Leaf Ironmender, a half-human priest of the Holy Light. And Rudy? I'm Rudy. I'm playing uh, Brick Earth Whisperer, Torin Runemaster. And as previously alluded to, John is not here today. Uh, he, he will be his, his spot will be filled by this empty void. Ooh, it's a void! But, when last we left our adventurers, our poor military operatives, uh, we had just been shot down out of a Zeppelin. It was fun. There was lightning. <laughs> it was interesting. It happens. Um, but as the, as the group crash-landed from their Zeppelin and received various different states of falling assistance uh, in the various forms of re-enchanted doorways or jetpacks. Uh, the group found that the from the site that had shot down their zeppelin uh, was also where the warlord that had, they had brought with them, Warlord Bloodhill, um, had disappeared off to. Uh, presumably seeking to get his hammer towards some Alliance skulls. Upon arriving at the location, the group found a trio of Alliance soldiers, one elven mage, one human paladin, and one dwarven warrior of some report, 
seemingly having captured the warlord behind a wall of force in a very small outcropping of the area. Uh, immediately joining the battle and eliminating the mage, thus freeing Warlord Bloodhilt, who joined the fight, and promptly the group of you managed to defeat these Alliance soldiers, which is where we pick up after uh, Josh has successfully looted most everybody. <laughs> Someone's got to be the goblin. <coughs> May as well be the goblin. The goblin. <laughs> so, as, as we pick up Warlord Bloodhilt kind of picks his picks his hammer up out of the human whose torso it is currently inhabiting, you'll say, um, and slings it back over his shoulder and just kind of spits on the ground. More alliance scum crushed underfoot. Are all of them like just straight up dead? Dead? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> With the exception, I think you put. Did you put one to sleep? Uh, no, that was a different fight. That was a different fight. One, yeah. yeah. one was a sheep. Oh yeah, one was. Oh a yeah, sheep. one's a sheep. One's a sheep. <laughs> Yay, dinner! Someone's <laughs> holding the sheep. I think I'm got the sheep pinned down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Dan currently <laughs> has the sheep. Did the warlord actually notice the one being turned into a sheep? That's a good question. Well, he was kind of busy with his whole enmity against humans. Yeah, so there's the question because it was the dwarf that got turned into a sheep. With a two on the die, no, he didn't. There's just a sheep here that you have no idea where it came from, and the dwarf is gone. He might put it together quickly, but. I'm guessing there. So. Yeah. Did you do that? No, that was you. You did that. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's your fault. I'm, I'm that's on Marcane's right. spellcaster. <laughs> so I'm looking at the scroll, and I can't see it anymore, can I? I mean, yeah, but all of the, all the writing on it shoot. has just completely evaporated off of the surface. There's a disadvantage of magical stuff. <clears throat> oh, well. All right, fun. let's get out of here before more forces come on our way. Well, we've got to figure out what to do with this uh, lamy poo. Just let go of it. Eat it. Just leave. <laughs> I start going. Where Where are we going? Oh. Uh, Warlord Bloodhilt kind of steps over and um, looks at and looks at you. I'm, I'm, I'm holding, holding this lamp. Does it? Does this thing look more? Does it seem more animal or more like one of them? From looking at the way the thing is responding and like the look in its eyes. Uh, it is definitely has a. Uh, more than animal level of intelligence because the dwarf managed to make his save to retain all his mental stats. Okay. So this is definitely the thing that was trying to, to beat me. Yes. Yeah. So I should probably snap its neck, is what you're saying. Yeah. That, that would be the, the logical response here. I mean, at, the, at this moment, Warlord Bloodhill kind of steps over to you and just kind of looks down. Troll, let me see that. He's out extending his hand. I mean, I presume he's going for food, so snap its neck and hand it to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a strength check. Thirteen. Uh, All right. Um, I guess the sheep's what constitution? I don't know. This is not a typical roll you make. <laughs> We're snapping a sheep's neck. 
Um, <laughs> hey, you, you attempt, but it's resisting you. And the at this point, the warlock has just stepped over. It's going to like try and pick it up by scrapping the neck. If you're going to resist and hold on to it, or no, he's kind of picks it up. We don't have time for this. Walks over the next cliff rise and just kind of chucks it off in a direction. Oh. Okay. If you follow him over the cliff rise, you see that he just dropped the sheep into the lava ravine. <laughs> and as it hits the lava, there's a cooking noise, and the sheep turns back into a dwarf who is now submerged in lava. And disappears. And is not going to be there much longer. All right. Does he... <laughs> no, there's a, there's a little more screaming than that. Imagine. And also, organic matter that gets uh, like dropped into volcanoes would basically end up exploding because of the uh, water instantly evaporating inside of it. Yeah, this, this is fancy pop, lava. Popping. Oh. Yeah. But explosions are cool! Yeah, they're gonna pop. But this is the one time in fantasy where you don't get explosions. I picture fantasy lava to be purple. Glowing. <laughs> I mean, it's red. And that glowing. depends on the fantasy world. Yeah. My fantasy was also the fantasy, fantasy lava is that weird lava that you can stand within five feet of and, and not burn yeah, to death. Burn. You're fine. Yeah. In my fantasy world, it's purple and it glows. <laughs> well, we're in the world of Warcraft right now where it's just bright orange and doesn't burn you until you're in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, that, it's that weak lava. Yeah. All right. So we're basically guess. going. Yeah. That, back a, a, to after after <laughs> disposing of the dwarf, um, the warlord Bloodhill kind of shoulders his hammer. All right. Whatever we had. Let's make our way back to Conquest Hold. Already on my way. And so you commence your your march toward the horde base, which was. Some ways away, but you're most, mostly you're moving slowly, mostly to try to avoid any uh, desolation hold. Sorry, you're mostly trying to keep to cover to try and avoid being spotted by the other alliance fort, Valiant's Keep, um, on the other side. No, nope, that's also the wrong keep. I'm thinking of the other thing, but yeah. Uh, but you make your way as slowly and as carefully as possible. Go ahead and make another stealth check. Just the warlord being stealthy? Uh, he's gonna try. He's not stupid. Twenty. Right. I mean, stupid. are you sure? Pretty sir. Okay. Alright, what's everyone got? 28, 28, 13, 13, 13, 20, natural 20, nice. 28, 28, 13, 13. Wow! We're consistent. Yeah. Okay, well, the orc and I are going to head forward and leave you guys behind because it's safer. No, he got natural 20. <laughs> yeah, I know, but. He's moving at a decent speed, probably. Yeah, so the. Um, he can walk faster than I can anyway. With a 19, even with his armor check penalty, he's doing pretty good. Uh, so. The. Uh, the group of you all slowly make your way um, further across the warlord, kind of keeping his head down, occasionally looking up, checking the battlefield, returning back down, and giving a signal to move forward. As you all make your way over the course of the next hour or two, basically, uh, you eventually find your way back to Desolation Hold. Uh, you see, and this is the first time you've actually been here. Um, you see 
built into the sort of western cliff face that leads closer toward um, Mulgore, the homeland of the Torren, but not quite in that area yet. There is the sort of these brown, uh, reddish brown cliff faces sort of slowly give way to the facade of these these dark iron towers that have been uh, built uh, what seems recently there are still signs of you know recent foundations that have been pulled out to, after everything was built um, the the tall there's three tall towers two in the front and one in the back that seem to serve as, as watch posts for all angles um, the wall basically uses the cliff face to cover its rear end where because the the wall basically bridges out to the side and then connects with the walls of the cliff which means that you've got this sort of almost um, semicircular look to the to the fortress where it's just kind of reaching out in the front and then connects directly to the stone behind it with the third tower being sort of the the end point of the base uh, and as you approach you see the the, the massive portcullis in the in the center with a gate behind it the portcullis as the as the group approaches Warlord Bloodhelt, realizing that they're pretty effectively out of range of the Alliance of uh, Fort Triumph, the Warlord stands up out of cover. <sighs> All right. Well, let's see if they remember protocol. And he approaches the gates and calls out, Thrall Hall! This is Warlord Bloodhilt approaching from Orgrimmar. Open the gate! And the portcullis a few moments later begins to rise. There's a sound of chains being pulled as the portcullis slowly proceeds to rattle up and up and up. And then a few moments later, the massive iron door slowly begins to swing open. And the warlord kind of scratches his chin, looks over at you standing right next to him. Remember that they were supposed to countersign and, uh, and try and confirm we weren't spies. I assumed. <clears throat> uh, I got a lot of work to do. And so the um, the gate slowly opens up, and after a few moments, as the group of you are given room to enter, you see. A, a line of horde soldiers, mostly orcs, um, in sort of heavy male armor with axes at the side, sort of forming a uh, formation, lining up on either side, and just kind of saluting as the group of you enter um, before a uh, particularly heavily armored orc approaches um, as the... Uh, the, the orc kind of approaches and salutes. Uh, Warlord Bloodhilt, we were not expecting you. I am Quartermaster Demhack. What brings you here to the fort? Uh, and the warlord kind of looks him over. <coughs> Where is the acting warlord of this base? And the Quartermaster. Uh, warlord Gardul is up in the main tower, surveying the battlefield. He looks up. He looks up at the tower, 
And he did not come down to greet new arrivals. Cowardice. All right. Quartermaster Damhack. I will have further instruction for you in a moment, but alert the warlord that I'm coming up to meet with him. And the quartermaster turns and runs off. The, he, the warlord Bloodhilt looks back at the group of you. So, what do all of you see when you look around at this base? So we see the normal construction. Uh, of... Go ahead and roll me a spot check just to see what you see, what you do see. <laughs> Fifteen. Also fifteen. Seventeen. Eighteen. Eighteen. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Um, I assume they're the guards are not really uh, up to stuff. Yeah, they seem like their their uniform is a little bit. You sort of you sort of start to gather this as you look around, sort of on on his on his indication. Uh, Several of you notice like some of some of the guards. Um, are not completely in armor. They've taken off the heavier, more encumbering bits to allow for more freedom of movement and comfort. Um, several of them are sort of like taking a meal in the middle of the courtyard. Um, so, like, you see helmets removed in several different places. You see um, what look like some fortifications that haven't been upkept well enough. You see sort of like the iron rivets are starting to come a little bit loose. Uh, they'll still hold for now, but there, you know, there's, there's the signs of wear and tear that hasn't been seen to. Um, you see um, the general uh, weapons are not necessarily immediately on person. You see several weapons that that are being that have been left to the ground a couple feet away from where someone is is performing whatever task they're doing. Um, and generally speaking, it, it it looks like a group of Soldiers who have been here for so long, they might have gotten comfortable in what they expect to happen. Yeah. Uh, where they sort of gotten into this groove of they don't expect <laughs> anyone to attack right now, and so they've gotten a little bit lax, and they've gotten into the point where they're sort of relaxing a bit. Which you kind of you can only imagine to the eyes of Warlord, uh, someone like Warlord Bloodheld is a bit too relaxed. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> From the looks of it, a lot of unprepared soldiers that you're about to discipline. Are there any animals about? Um, there are. There's a, a handful of small animals that seem to be mostly just kind of scurrying about. You see a couple of snakes uh, that seem to be just kind of re- re- like resting in the dirt. Um, there's the occasional scorpion that wanders by. Um, no larger animals that you can see. No wolves. No raptors. Any mount? So no mounts. No here? mounts. Seemingly. Are there stables? There don't. You see a building that looks like it might be stables, but there's nothing in it. It just looks like a series of stalls, basically. And there, obviously, there's no wyverns here. No. So there's no trained or domesticated animals at all, or, or even signs of them. Not really. Are there signs of large animals having come through the gates at any point recently? No. The, you do see 
You see grooves um, from large things and large heavy things that have been brought through the gates, but they look more like wheel tracks, like the wheels of catapults and siege equipment that have been pushed out and brought back or pushed out recently. Okay. Um, You do not see any large animals... Specifically, you also don't see the beasts of burden that would be necessary to, like... Well, yeah, I mean, if, if, if I'm not even seeing any beasts going in and out to carry things around... Like, the only like the only possibility is that the soldiers were pushing the siege engines out themselves, which is a heavy task, even for soldiers. Especially ones that are as seemingly lazy as these. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to grab... Um, Uh, what's your name? Shiana. I'm going to grab Shiana by the arm. <laughs> I don't have an arm there. By the other arm. <laughs> by the shoulder. I mean, you and still have a little bit of arm. I'm there. going to point at no, the I stables first, and then I'm going to point at the grooves of the heavy things, and then uh, indicate feet, and, indi- and, and uh, indicate my feet, and stomp on the ground and show the footsteps and shake my head. She'll nod at you. I see sloppiness, neglect, weakness. And is there a reason there are no animals here? That is something that I'd like to know myself. Where are the wolves and kodos that should be around to ensure the movement of soldiers and siege weaponry? Well, are there any siege weapons on, like around like catapults or anything just lying around that's got siegery on it? There is one, as you look around, there's a demolisher, which is a sort of, uh, sort of a heavy, long, um, it's like a catapult, but instead of a, a swing arm, it's got sort of like a spring-loaded, um, lever. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a ballista for explosive payloads. Mm-hmm. It's got like a small basket on a, on a slide lever that, that rushes forward and launches a payload. Um, and... It has four wheels and what appears to be a series of hooks on the front for mounting the harnesses of beasts of burden yeah. to it, but no piece of burden in sight to carry it. Is there any, like, grass growing around it, or are there tracks from it? Uh, there's no grass that grows in this region in general, but there are no tracks anywhere around this. So this thing place. hasn't been moved in It's a been while. stationary for a while. I'm going to, again, point at the tracks, go up to the machine point of the harness, and then whenever the nearest orc is, I'm going to uh, grab him, and I'm assuming they're a little out of shape. A little bit. Well, like not like physically out of shape, but like, very clearly not... They look like they haven't been um, basically given the regimentation that they, that they need. It's, it's less like out of shape and more... Yeah, uh, not in peak condition. I'm gonna grab one by the shoulder, point at the harness, and shake my head again, and then go back to the tracks and point at them again, and then cock my head sideways like, what? Huh? <laughs> the soldier looks very confused for a second as he's like quickly manhandled and by I, And I'm trying to get the, the, the not only she, I'm mainly Sean, but I'm also trying to get the warlord to notice like, what the heck? Yeah, and the warlord sees what you're, sees what you're pointing at and is sort of nodding his head as he's putting the pieces together. And you see, like, the gears are turning in his head as he starts to see there's a lot of stuff that's going very poorly right now mm-hmm. in his head. Perhaps they've, perhaps they've sent out all of their riders to attempt to get aid from nearby settlements? 
I'm also going to point at the seed machine and then hold up a hand and be like... And then, like... Because I'm used... Like, in all the studios I've been in, there have been war machines. And, like, everything, even with Palisades, there's been some sort of, like, war defense machinery, right? This is an... This is a battlefield fort, right? There's another. There's an alliance fort. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like looking at this, like. This is like one. <laughs> the most frustrating game of charades. There's been only there's only one siege engine in here right yes. now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm not even sure how the stupid thing works, but usually you have more of the stupid things. And you did notice as you as you as you walked through, you saw the wreckage of siege machines like out on the battlefield, uh, like on, on the skirmish lines that had presumably been where where forces have been fighting for a bit. But this is the only one you see inside the fort. Yeah, Troll's very confused. Um, I want to make a stealth check and see if I can steal somebody's. Uh... Um, weapon that's just kind of hanging around. Sure. Just to, and, then, and then take it back to the warlord and point. <laughs> sure, roll me, a, roll, me a, roll me a slide of hand check. Roll me a stealth check first and then a slide of hand check. S- stealth is 20. Alright, slide of hand. My slide of hand is where I've got some something. Yep. Is, yeah, okay. Uh, 16. Yeah, no, you, you just like. It's a great axe, too. It's bigger than you are in some cases. This beer with it. Bring it back. Present it, back to pre- present it to Warlord Bloodhill. I, I, I hand it to him and I just point over and just check this guy out. And he takes the great axe, looks over at the orc who seems to have still not noticed it, just heaves it and hurls it, and it digs into the ground next to the orc who jumps and like looks to his left at where the axe is hitting the ground next to him, and he looks over his shoulder at the warlord who just kind of gives him this death glare, and the orc just kind of like very quickly, like he'd been caught with his pants down, just kind of scrambles down, picks up the axe, and like holds it very tight to his chest. I'm assuming this, this, to be fair, this orc probably isn't wearing full armor. No, he's so he, like, like... He literally has his pants down. Like, the, 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 the pauldrons have been popped off, the helmet is off, like, the, the breastplate has been loosened to allow for more room in the heat. Like, he's half out of his armor right now. So he has literally been caught half-dressed. Basically. Uh, and at this point, uh, Warlord Bloodhilt's just... <clears throat> You have your work cut out for you. I need to have a conversation with the current warlord about what's been going on. Um, and so the, uh, the, she kind of walks towards that back tower. Follow me. This is... It's either going to be a very swift conversation or an example. Shiana nods and follows. All right, and so you you march up the uh, stairs of the central tower, um, and eventually you find yourself at the top of the 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 third watchtower, the, like the the back tower, and it's. 
surprisingly cool up here. Like, it's the the height off the ground sort of makes it a little bit less warm because of the, there's not as much of the heat radiating off the earth, and the, the darkness, the low light interior kind of keeps the sun from baking the inside, and so it's... So it's probably a nicer breeze the, up here. Yeah, with the, with the height above the hill face, there's actually some wind that can reach, and so it's almost comfortable up here. I see where the world lives up here. Uh-huh. Um, and you, the, uh, the, the warlord who is this sort of, this large, uh, still, de- still definitely imposing looking orc figure who is definitely still wearing most of his armor, uh, with sort of these large sort of brass pauldrons, uh, with sort of heavy chain mail, uh, leg guards and a heavy breastplate with a hammer, at his side, no helmet, but he's got like a, a one eye patch over his, uh, actually it'd be his right eye, um, uh, as he uh, turns to uh, greet uh, the group. Uh, Warlord Bloodhill kind of approaches. So this is where you're hiding, Gardul. And the the other orc turns around, hiding. Uh, listen, Bloodhilt, I've reinforced our grip on the barons. Bloodhilt like, immediately cuts him off where he can say more. You cower behind your walls! If it wasn't for, this, for the existence of this fort here, the Alliance would be marching through Mulgore, and you've left it to rot! And the warlord kind of... They've, uh, they've got reinforcements from the Eastern Kingdoms, whereas I've been cut off and he the blood help your excuses sicken me consider yourself relieved from command and the warlord who's been on the defensive at this point you see like the that insult kind of bites deep and you see him flare up for a minute relieved over my dead Body and warlord bloodhill kind of grins at this <laughs> Here we go again. so you do have a spine. The two of them are going to initiate combat. Would any of you like to join this? I'm not enjoying. This sounds like fun. Not my monkey. <laughs> I want to stab. All right. I'll put my place in initiative just so I know who and when I can heal. <laughs> to me, this seems sort of like a one of those competitions between two competing alphas. Pretty much. Which, you know, is a thing that happens and (coughs) makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. Unless somebody dies, in which case it no longer makes sense to me. But, you know. These brutish, uncivilized, two-legged things are weird. (laughs) (coughs) Alright, so that's also an issue. Alright. Guard was already losing on the initiative count, too. I got a 22. 18. Fourth. Probably not going to do anything, but yeah. This is high as I can roll. 14. I wasted a perfectly good initiative roll here. I know, too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and by a perfectly good initiative roll, I mean my only good initiative roll. Alright, you had 14? Mm hmm. <clears throat> Uh, what was your initiative? 22. 22? Are you rolling initiative or are you staying out of this? I'll roll initiative if I want to do anything. Rick, don't think I will. I'm not going to do anything. You're just going to stay back? Alright. 17 in case I want to do anything. 17? Skip me until I say something. Yeah, okay. 
Consider my action permanently held. Basically, yeah. But Jenga never says anything. True. And that's why I said till I say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, Josh, you actually have the first round. <clears throat> Okay, as these guys are gearing up to go after each other, so I'm looking around the room to see what there is. <laughs> uh, Roll me a search check. A perfect distraction. Yeah. A perfect distraction. Yeah. Oh, shucks. Uh, I'm looking for a spot check. And hey, or if you do end up search. stealing something, it's just going to make the former warlord worse. So, as you look around, there's what looks to be a um, sort of a... A very large and heavy and imposing-looking crossbow <clears throat> leaned up against one of the uh, one of the one of the windows. Um, it looks very very large. Um, it's definitely heavily modified. Um, it's a crossbow designed from just from your just from your engineering understanding. It's got several uh, basically metal cables. In place of um, what would normally just be a, 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 a rope string, basically, right. um, for increased draw and a lot more. It's a lot harder to pull back and draw than a standard crossbow. It requires a certain level of strength to wield, basically. But it is basically a sniper crossbow. It is designed for long distance and armor penetration. Okay. And so that's considered a heavy crossbow as far as... Yeah, it's a he- as far as, like, basic <laughs> weapon profile, it's a heavy crossbow, but it's heavily modified, its range right. increment is right. doubled, and it has a certain amount of armor penetration. It just also requires a certain level of strength, strength to actually yeah, pull back. Right. So it's like a cross between a heavy crossbow and a siege crossbow. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I just need to figure out how I'm going to carry it out here without people seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll keep that in mind. And I just act casual? Yeah, I'm gonna act casual. You got well, off, right? Because I mean, remember, you oh, just came oh, in here with wait. blood health. As long as you pretend that you know what you're doing, nobody's gonna question you. I've got some sacks and some stuff that I could you know, hide it in. I just gotta, I just gotta figure out when to grab it. So, yep. I'm planning. Well, the warlord is going to immediately go onto the offensive. Blood hilt, um, just kind of with, uh, with his uh, weapon, with his hammer, uh, just kind of raised angrily as he approaches. He just kind of brings it over his head, strikes down toward the uh, toward the other warlord with I mean, that's a 25 to hit, which will hit, and he's going to he's going to forgo dealing damage to do a bash. How much damage would it have done? Stun the dude? Yeah. Ooh. Alright, that's going to be a decent DC. Two on the dice. Uh, so the the warlord Bloodhill's hammer kind of rings across uh, the other warlord's head, who is not wearing a helmet, uh, as it turns out. And so the, the the strike cracks across his jaw, and you see him kind of stagger back and catch himself as he's trying to like collect himself for a moment. And unfortunately, using a bash as a standard action, so he doesn't get to use his multi attack. Now is he but he's stunned? So he yeah, he's, he's, he's got he, yeah, he is stunned. So he's like his hammer falls. In the ground. He drops whatever he's got in his hand. <laughs> the crossbow is laid against the. Oh, against yeah, the I'm, I'm uh, Jenga Hall. Not there exactly. You're not doing anything, uh, Shiana. Um. Go ahead, stab him. Go stab for it. Fun. He is stunned. Right in the kidneys. And you can easily flank with Warlord Bloodhill. Thinking more like rib cage area, wherever it's nice and flush. <clears throat> The kidneys are a nice fleshy point in the back. They're, they're right over there toward the mm. back, yeah. 
Or you can go up, try to go up under the ribs. Or I, you can Or miss. I can roll that. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> he's not flat-footed while he's stunned. He's just... Yeah, no. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Did you have the two for flanking? Oh. Sorry. Yeah, that's not going to help enough. So 11 is not going to be quite enough. Yeah. Uh, Gartul is stunned for the turn. Uh, Josh. Um... I'm just going to make my way over there and then see if I can fit it, fit it in one of my sacks. Just put it over my back. Let me just light a hand check. <laughs> okay. Just, if Let's Warlord Bloodhill even notices, will he care? No. I'm, ooh, um, 19. He hasn't noticed. <laughs> I'm sure the other guy doesn't notice. He's currently stunned. He can't <laughs> notice. <laughs> Um, so, uh, back to World of Blood Hill, who is just, after he's got him stunned, he's going to slam a couple of times into the, into the chest with the hammer. That's a hit, and that's a hit. And so you're just going to deal some damage here real quick. Uh, and so the, the hammer cracks a couple of times against the chest plate of the, of the other warlord, who, like, staggers back onto his back foot and is... Definitely reeling from the force of the blows that have been raining down on him. Uh, Shiana. Okay, roll it again. Rolling attack. Are you fist bumping? Yes. Yeah. yeah. With, with blades. <laughs> with the blade. Seriously? Or maybe you don't. That is a one on the die. You, you, you thrust forward with the, with the, um, with the, uh, the blades of your claws. But they they catch on the the chain of his of his uh, that is sort of like on the mesh between the metal plates of his breastplate, um, and as he staggers back, you find your arm is getting caught in his torso, uh, which is a little bit awkward because it sort of hyperextends your arm for a minute as he staggers back. Let's just do um, a performance check and dance your way out of it. Um, that brings us to Gardul. This character is not a dancer. <laughs> going to attack each of you once. Uh, it's going to be a seventeen to hit you. Um, yeah, 17 hits. Alright, so that's going to be uh, 14 points of bludgeoning damage as the hammer cracks across your torso. And a second one, just a natural one to attempt to hit Warlord Bloodhill. So it swings back around, and the other Warlord just kind of, with the hammer staff in the ground right now from his dominant position, just kind of brings it to the side and slams it into the oncoming head of the hammer. And the attack kind of bounce off of each other. Uh, which brings it back to Josh. What you got? Um, I don't know. Just, just wandering around the room. I guess at this point, <laughs> see if he's got anything in his desk yeah. or something. Does he have a desk? There's, 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 a, there's a desk. Yeah, it's, it doesn't look very ornate or, or like well pointed. Yeah, it's yeah. just got basically what you what looks like some battle reports on it. Yeah, an inkwell and a quill. I already have stuff. <laughs> no, okay, I'm just, gonna, I'm just looking around here. Alright. Uh, Royal Blood Help is going to just press the attack. One miss, one hit, which means another 14 points of damage. Alright. Uh, Shiana. Try again. Go for it. Don't roll a one. <laughs> or two. Or three. I rolled the other time. There we go. Okay, that is... I have to math. 24. Alright, yeah, that hits. Roll damage with sneak attack. Uh, 
What is sneak attack? An additional 2d6. 2d6 for you. Nope. <laughs> Three. 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 <laughs> Plus your regular. I'm sorry. <laughs> I roll better when I scoot away from him. You just uh, have an aura of nine. Nine. bad rolling. You dig, you dig the blade into the into the back of his torso, and there is a. Uh, you see, he the um, he kind of drops the hammer for a second and puts both of his hands up. Wait, wait, I I yield, I yield. He kind He's of not gonna like, have that. stops for a minute, and Warlord Bloodhill hammer raised mid strike, just kind of looks at him incredulously. Yield! <laughs> you! Yield! He kind of grabs him by the, by the, by the neck and kind of hoists him into the air. What part of victory or death don't you understand? <laughs> and he kind of thrusts his arm forward and the, war, and the other warlord crashes out the window and just flies and falls to the ground of the tower outside. There's a there's a there's a moment of silence as the other warlord crashes to the ground <laughs> outside, and the warlord Bloodhill just kind of leans out the window and spits. Huh. Disgrace to the lord! Bloodhill didn't even take a single hit that battle day. Nope. <laughs> She's the only guy here. Jing, uh, the troll has an odd look on his face because that's that's not how that's supposed to work. And so he, a predator animals all have a yield instinct to stop exactly that from happening. Mm-hmm. No, this is this this is definitely one of those like civilized people things that you definitely don't quite get. This idea that it is better to die than surrender. This is one of those civilized people things that I don't get. <laughs> this is the most civilized people thing. I mean, yeah. not civilized in the slightest. And so there's there's a there's a bit of a muttering forming on the on the ground that you can hear just kind of reaching up to the to the tower as other members of the garrison see the body of Warlord Garduel just kind of splattered across the ground outside the tower. And Warlord Bloodhill turns back around. We've got a lot of work to do. But You've all acquitted yourself well these past couple of days, and I hear that you've been acting for a couple of weeks now in service of the Horde, and it's about time that you got your first paycheck. Well, as it so happens, I was bringing with me pay for most of this garrison as well, and I think you've earned a little bit of a bonus, considering they haven't exactly acquitted themselves properly. And so he sort of reaches into the small bag that he's got on the back of his belt and pulls out several smaller pouches and kind of shuffles gold around between some of them and hands to you a very large sack of gold. Yay. Which has... Let me do some quick calculations. You guys have been running around for about, I want to say, three weeks now. Something like that. Yeah. Seven, 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 that sounds about right. Two times one, two, three, four, five, six. 
Oh, right. That one. Plus the void needs to get paid, too. He's here in spirit. There's 402 <laughs> gold Shaman. pieces in the bag that you are handed. How much? 402 gold pieces. Wow. I am good with this. Which is three weeks of pay, plus a bonus taken from the pay that was going to be given to these guards before he realized they were so bad at their jobs. So we each get 68 gold. Yep. Assuming that we end up distributing it correctly. Uh, 67. Because there's six of you. Yeah. Six. <coughs> Wait, I just you got... Could... Oh, I... I'm sorry, I had 308 in my... In my head, no, 408 in my head. 402. Yeah, okay, I'm making sure I just wrote that down yeah, correctly. Okay. <laughs> and eight where there should have been a two in my brain. The troll's not good. <sighs> the rest of you have the rest of the day to deal with as you like. I've got to do some retraining. As he kind of runs his hands through the, the mohawk as he kind of exhales a bit and make marches his way down from the tower. Leaving the rest of you here in the top room of the tower by yourselves. How much did you say? I will personally make sure also that this gold gets distributed evenly. Because I know there are certain individuals who probably wouldn't divide it equally. I, I'm dividing it equally. Oh, I'm, I'm glaring at you, too. Okay. 67 gold would be... I give you each yeah. 67 gold. Okay. Do you accept the gold? I look at it funny. Because yeah. I have part of your gold. Yeah. <laughs> for you? He looks at it. When you try to give it to me, he looks at it funny. The troll doesn't understand how money works. Yeah. I mean, I imagine being around people this long, you'd get the general idea that if you I hand get, certain I get stuff the general idea. Okay. Just because I, I, know, I know that it works doesn't okay. mean I understand it. Yeah. I, you understand the general idea of bartering, but... No, I don't understand any, anything about bartering. Bartering makes perfect sense. I give somebody something, they give me something back. I don't understand meaningless rocks. Shiana will, like, start to hand it out to you <clears throat> and look at you and say, and she let me know when you want to buy something, and I will put it with your other gold. The troll will sort of look at you odd and shrug his shoulders. It's, it's for buying things. Weapons. <laughs> Make people dead. Ow. As, there, as she is attempting to explain the intricacies of the economy to the troll, I'm going to look over at that desk and look over these battle reports and see what's been going on. Um, so yeah, go ahead and yeah. roll me a right. gather information check. To clarify, hey, I like this character has literally half the intelligence that Crash did. <laughs> <laughs> what? Says something. Wow, that no, that is saying something. That's only a nine on this check. I'm gonna see. What's the check? Gather information. Information. Look at that. Where's my gather information check? I have much of that. A little bit. Yeah, I was gonna look it over. Go for it. I got a little bit more. Oh no, that's only. Wait, sorry, ten. Ten. Yeah. 
What do you got? Yeah, an eight also. <laughs> I got yeah, this is not uh, well, well uh, the two of you looking the two of you pouring over it together. Um, what you find goal. out is basically the you're not certain exactly how it came to be because you didn't roll high enough to understand what might be the root cause of these situations. But the recent reports that you're basically reading over basically outline how this fort is in a shambles. Like, it's, it, it goes over how they've lost all of their animals, most of their siege equipment. The blacksmith hasn't had fuel for weeks, so they can't do any repairs. They haven't had enough scrap. Uh, to to put to reinforce the walls, they've had to try and forage from the battlefield to get the metal to keep the walls standing. Um, they've been cut off from reinforcements by the giant rent in the ground that is preventing them from sending for help. Um, and the soldiers have basically, because the because the alliance hasn't been attacking them lately, the soldiers have basically been taking this as their mandatory leave. And so no one's been getting anything done for the past several days, two weeks, maybe. Can I take more time pouring over the information to, like, take 10 or take 20 on that roll? Uh, yeah, you can take some time. Yeah, and you can take 10 on that. I that take 10 being... In that case, taking 10 on that, that would be a, uh, a 15. Yeah, so what it, what it looks like... Your basic understanding of what it seems like after pouring over some more of the older, uh, the older um, documentation was it seems almost like sort of a gross mismanagement of resources in a lot of situations. Like you can see reports of you know the siege engine that the warlord demanded be put out to deter alliance soldiers from approaching. Did not come back after it lost all after it lost the siege the 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 beasts of burden that were designed to carry it and has been left on the battlefield to basically fall apart and stuff like and stuff like that keeps coming up where it, you can't tell if it's bad luck or just stupidity but something keeps happening and whenever the base sends something out it doesn't come back. Hmm. Well, certainly well, sounds like a whole lot of stuff to scavenge. I'd say well, over to look out of the, 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 the uh, battlefield. Is there obvious? You know, from up here, I understand. Yeah, from up here, you stuff. can see. Like as you look, the 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 battlefield is like split on multiple locations because it's like a, it looks like a spot where tectonic plates have slammed together. Yep. So there's just rock upheaval in all directions. But you can see just scattered about on these uneven battlefields, just. Broken siege weapons, broken ballista, alliance equipment, horde equipment, a lot of it is laying across the area, basically. Okay. Hmm. You just have to figure out a way to get some of that stuff back. Without. And specifically, doing that without. Without triggering animals to pull them. As well. Yeah, right, well, I mean, yeah. And you, you, you sort of suspect that the reason a lot of it has been sitting there. Is because a lot of it sits basically in the no man's land, right. the, the area yeah, between these is, two fortresses, where, where they're open, open to both without being seen is the biggest thing. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, are there like 
can I see like fallen soldiers out there as well? Or uh, you see, you or? see like piles of bones where bodies have been picked clean by scavengers, definitely. Mm-hmm. So they even ha- haven't even had a chance so to, to retrieve well, like soldiers. Some of them haven't even had time to retrieve, to retrieve their dead. You can't tell if they're alliance or horror because the armor is always stripped away by scavengers as well. But is there anything I can notice about just the general landscape between? here and there and possibly comparing that with maps of the area that something may have changed about the landscape? Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll me a survival check. What do you... Uh, you got, you got I'm going down to the stables and I'm going to investigate the conditions here and try to see if I can figure out any signs and even beyond that, just signs of where the larger animals have gone to, what condition they were in when they might have left, any signs that might have been in their... And their food, and their water, and their scat, etc., etc. Yeah, go ahead and roll me a survival check. That's an 18 survival. 18. So, uh, based on the understanding, there's been significant, based on the maps that you that you got, there's been significant sort of refacing of this battle. <laughs> From your understanding, um, Desolation Hold and Fort Triumph did not used to be able to see each other from their own ramparts. Um, that's, a, that's a new development. So things have moved closer um, together. Uh, as it seems like the Earth itself has crashed into itself. And so you've got massive upheaval in the no-man's land where these sort of rock faces have popped up and basically forced into each other and broken the landscape and so you've got this hazardous difficult terrain to cross especially with large numbers in like an army style and very difficult specifically to drag siege equipment across yes and is now within view of both fortresses meaning anyone no matter what side you're on trying to cross it is in open fire from the other side Hey, Brick, do you have uh, any uh, invisibility spells? The only one I have lasts like three rounds. <laughs> uh, I'm not that fast, even with my boots. <laughs> as much as I know. Uh, 20. 20? Uh, so it looks like the animals that were here, whenever <clears throat> they were here, uh, were. A lot were you know not very well kept. Like they they might have been taken care of just fine, but it seems like the water and food they were they were getting was not up to par. Like you you see it, traces of you know very dry and very hard leavings that were not that were probably difficult to pass by the animals that had to leave them. Meaning you know their their diet was not was not very well suited to them. Um, you find uh, the sort of like remains of food that looks like it was diseased when it was brought and had not been getting much better over time. Um, you see, you know, water that looks like it was stagnant when it was brought to the animals. The this this was they were surviving. They weren't being well taken care of for whatever number of reasons, and now there are none left. So you can't determine what their state was before they left. Yeah, but it seems like they were not being treated well. The next question is, on our way here, how good does it look out there? Food-wise, chances of survival, that sort of stuff. 
Um, in in just the in just the area. In the area, it's you didn't know a desert could get more inhospitable. So would they have been any better off leaving than in here? Um, probably. I mean, possibly. Like it's basically their their odds were either stay here with poor food and water or try and find somewhere else. So slowly with her away or take a chance. Yeah. Uh, after that, then I'm going to investigate and see if I can get an idea of what the people around here are eating and drinking and seeing if it's universal or if it was just the animals that were being poorly maintained. Uh, what you can gather as you look around is <laughs> highly preserved rations. It looks like they they still have enough rations to keep going for another couple of weeks, but their rations are starting to run low and for a court. Their rations. And their rations. This isn't food, this is rations. They're living on MREs. Yeah. All right. Uh, how hostile is it out there currently? Because we we just walked from the other fort. From stealthily. Well, from right. you walked from some of the cliff faces to the west of Fort Triumph. Yeah. Sort of well hidden from the fort, but sort of in the shadow of it. And you had to move quietly, but you haven't seen any sign of alliance uh, encroachment from the other fort at the very least, aside from those three soldiers that you had a fight with. In that case, I'm going to try to slip out kind of the back end of the fort and look around at the land and just get a feel for where would they go for water where and see if I can find any places they might have gone to. The really survival check. And while he's doing that, I want to see if there's like a... Is there like a spyglass among all of this stuff or anything? Uh, on the, in the upper floor, yeah. There's a spyglass you can find. I want to sort of take more of a look out into the battlefield and see if there's a disproportionate number of like animal skeletons, if I can at all make that out. Or I want to see if there's any particular concentrated areas with more dead or more ruined skeletons. Only a a spot check with advantage. Well, good. That one went away. (laughs) So that'll be a 22. 22. What do you got? Same number, exactly. 22. Alright. So, um, as you're heading out and you get a look around very quietly, um, you notice that um, the landscape, uh, there is, based on your understanding of sort of the, the topography, because you gotta, you're not great at um, most civilized things, but you can understand a map at the very least. You understand how it relates to terrain that you, yeah. you can see. Um, based on what you understand of the map, uh, anyone heading uh, southeast would end up running into a marsh, which, I mean, it's a marsh, but it's more of a, a climate that has water and potentially plant life as opposed to this battlefield, which has gone from I mean, dry grassland to dry, destroyed land. A marsh is full of life. It, for a raptor, actually, a marsh is fine, and a wolf may not like the marsh. But it's better than a wasteland. But they can they are pretty adaptable and they would survive their well. Uh, Kodos. Kodos are more reptilian, right? Yeah, Kodos are basically like, they're like rhinos. Yeah. Okay, they're like rhinos. Uh, so the, that one would probably be the worst off. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of like very heavily thick-skinned. They're, they are 
lizard rather than mammal like a rhino, but they're very large and hit and thick skinned. Now are they carnivorous like a lizard? They're they're herbivorous. They are they're more they're they're more omnivorous. They they will eat meat when given to them and they can definitely they can swallow a person whole. Yeah. Um but they their typical diet tends to be whatever's nearby. So it wouldn't do great in a swamp, but it'd be better than a rhino would. Yeah, definitely better than a rhino. Okay. Um, and then, aside from that, the other thing that you find is that there are some paths. They're difficult to climb, but animals like raptors or, you know, particularly determined wolves could do it. Um, there are some paths that can be climbed heading west, which head into the cliff faces, which seem to be able to find a route around this rift. It's not suitable for, like, armies to traverse or anything larger than individual groups. Um, but if you can follow it, it could lead you away toward either Desolation or Mulgore. Which are Grazi. Or sorry, uh, to uh, um, Sholazar Basin or Mulgore. Uh, Basin has got running water and it's going to have a lot more plant life. So that's where the Kodos definitely want to be. Cool. Um, do I see any tracks heading off these ways, or uh, old tracks? Uh, mostly, you do you do see some that seem to have been basically gone through. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of wind around here, right? There's no other animals, so these tracks are going to sit a while. Yeah, so they, they they've been sitting for a while, but they are definitely there. Do I see a preference on where they're going, or are they all kind of just spread out? Feralos. That's the that's the name of that green region below Mulgore. Okay. Um, the uh, there's definitely there's they're spread in different directions. It looks like the animals left at different times. Um, they're all old tracks, but they're all different tracks, sort of different different layouts. Different. It didn't seem like many of them left in large groups. More maybe like two or three at a time. Okay. And uh, the last thing I just check the the water supplies for here. Is there a well here where they're drawing water from, or do they have water stored that's being brought in? Um. It looks like it's mostly stores. Um, there doesn't seem to be any natural water underneath this underneath this fort. It looks like their their stores have been sitting for a while, though. That's real bad yeah. for a fort. Yeah, no, it's not good. I mean, it may have been replenished during the flood recently, but uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to find the rest of the group then. And uh, what you see with, with your with your spyglass. Um, you do see a number of animal corpses uh, across the battlefield. You see the, the half-eaten remains of Kodos that would have been used to pull siege equipment. Um, you see some dead wolves lying, usually right next to their dead rider. Um, you see some horses from the other side. Um, you see large yaks that likely the Alliance is using to try and pull their siege equipment. Um, you see a, a variety of different animals sort of spread across the battlefield in various different states. Um, as far as bodies, you find that you don't find any particularly large clusters of bodies anywhere. It looks like this this area has not seen a pitched battle for some time, but you see two or three here, four or five there, you know, a handful here, a handful there, which sort of implies more of a, a series of skirmishes that have been going on. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm here, and since we can actually see the Alliance base now, is there anything noteworthy I can see about You see no guards on the battlements. Hmm. 
What about the condition of the walls themselves? It's a little bit harder to see with alliance with alliance uh, walls because they're more like the horde walls are like they're like uh, sort of scale wood and, and iron, mm-hmm. uh, whereas alliance walls are a lot more brick and mortar. Um, so the brickwork doesn't look to have been heavily damaged, but you know there's there's moss growing in it and stuff from from time. Yeah. Uh, which is a little weird because this is very dry for moss to be growing. It's a very dry climate for moss, but um, the but you know it, it that could be left without severely damaging the integrity of the fort. So it's not necessarily a a giant concern, but it definitely doesn't look like anyone has been out to like the appearance of the walls has certainly not been a major issue lately. <laughs> I'm going to be. Checking back over it like every couple of hours just to see if guards ever do go up there. Like maybe there aren't permanently guards up there, but occasionally they send a watch party or something because they're spread thin. Or yeah, and, and that is sort of what you find is over the course of this couple of hours, as you keep an eye on it, you see one head pop up, look around, disappear back down to a new... So I'm going to do the same and I take it it's doing. exactly what we're in doing right now, <laughs> yeah, essentially. basically. Well. Gotcha. I'm actually looking down onto our own city. I'm taking... I, I'm going to just assume that some form of crowd is gathering around uh, Bloodhilt, or that he's Doing something, yeah, and pretty as, dramatic. As, as you as you look down, you see that Warlord Bloodhelt has just kind of started barking orders. He's just like he sees anyone who is not in armor and immediately starts reprimanding them. They start getting back into their armor. He's sort of getting everyone properly back into their armor. Everyone is like, if you're going to eat food, you're going to eat inside a fortress area where you're not uh, where you're not directly in line of fire for catapult hits. Uh, you know, if you're, it's sort of like, it's the, um, the, uh, the, uh, what's the, what's the term? Um, there's, there's a, there's a term for an officer who's like, comes around to make sure that everything's in order. Um, the, uh, sort of, the, the, the drill, I'm going to use drill sergeant right now. Sort of like doing the drill sergeant routine is like, all right, everybody needs to get their shit together right now. It's sort of, he's sort of like... Shouting orders, getting everyone back in line, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what you see happening down down, and you keep hearing, you know, his his voice carrying over a lot of other people, and you keep hearing a lot of refrains of "Yes, Warlord," or you know, "Zug Zug," or you know, etc. etc. Various various acknowledgments of orders. Hmm. And looking down through the fort again and possibly looking over like personnel records or something how many soldiers are here versus how many should be here, here? you're at about half force based on what you can see which is enough to man the walls but not enough to launch any significant offensive <laughs> and looking over possible scouting records if they're up here have they noticed any reinforcements going over to the Alliance base? That was part of... You, you did notice that that was part of what Warlord Gardel was saying before the fight yeah. broke out, was that the Alliance... Fort Triumph is closer to the coast. They're east. You're west. They, they can get reinforcements from the ocean. You can't. 
I can probably just get food more easily that way too. Then there's a lot of food and animals, and, and there have been specific reports of. Yeah. But they're still pretty ragged right now, or at least judging by but how mad from, they are. But from what you can understand, and probably if you had to guess, those three that you had fought were some of their more recent reinforcements. You can only imagine that situation is only going to improve for them, whereas this one is on the path of deterioration. Yeah, yeah. They're they're gonna spring back from this a heck of a lot faster than we are. Yeah. Unless you can figure out some way of getting supply lines back open to this fortress. Or knocking theirs off. Yeah. Or stealing theirs and yeah. Which I mean, laying siege to a better equipped fort kind of is impossible. Uh, <laughs> At least not in this case. If we go, if we go far enough north and then east and drop down to the coast and wait and and knock off their supply line as it comes, you know, before it gets to the fortress, if we could steal a few loads or whatever. Or but we have no beasts of burden to bring them back. With. Yeah, no. well, I was thinking we could. And no boats to raid any ships with. <laughs> yeah, no. Hmm. We just have to get them after they, as they're bringing it to shore. Hmm. But that's not a permanent solution. How, actually, thinking back to your own recommendation, how long is it usually between? Guards manning the walls. Like, are there any regular windows where we could try to go out and scavenge stuff from the battlefield? Um, they send. They send to. They team to. They. They seem. Trying to form my sentence. They seem to send guards up to the walls in sort of half-hour increments, um, because they're still too too understaffed to have a constant watch up. But they definitely like. It sort of seems to be like part of some people's patrol, where it's like you know you, you walk down, check everything down here, and then someone go up to the wall and have a lookout, make sure nothing's happening, and then come back down and report. And I let him know that specifically. So, well, what kind of animals are in the area that would be uh, picking? You know, like the mostly vultures, raptors, vultures, things like that. Most, mostly vultures. <clears throat> but there's no other bigger uh, types of things that. I was thinking if we could win out at night. Like vul- vultures, rats, some snakes. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of... From what you what you have gathered, there's not a lot of large animal life right. that is left in this area. So we can't... Disguise as uh, wolves and go out there and get stuff. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. Well, what kind of distances uh, across the whole? Um, can I calculate distances like, between, uh, like across the like well, across well, the battlefield, well, like from, from our from our main gate to like the where the first you know skirmishers, all the most of the like some of the dead piles. I mean, how long would it take to run out there just to check check on a situation? Uh, the, the nearest skirmish is probably like a hundred hundred fifty feet out. And it's like it's probably five or six across between, maybe seven or eight between the two forts, mm-hmm. almost a thousand feet. Okay. So if we could stealthily move out, um, like 
the question is how much useful stuff you get out of being able to get the siege equipment back. Well, I don't know about the siege equipment, but anything else that might be little stuff that we bring back. Are there siege equipment that's not in the uh, danger zone, in the uh, no ends? That bag's pretty tightly there. Um, There's... There definitely seems to be some siege equipment that is closer to this end of the of the Nomad's Land, sort of like on the outer edge of it that has been sort of left there. Um, that theoretically you could get to without being spotted very easily. Um, that is definitely further away from any of the skirmishes, but you have no way of pulling it back at the moment. Um, and the uh, other thing worth noting um, is the the rent in the in the earth where the massive fissure is that's cutting off travel um, is far enough north that if you could get around without Fort Triumph spotting you, you could theoretically get to the gates of Mulgor without having to cross over Camp Tarajo and the gates of Mulgor on, you know, sort of this side of the rent. Okay. Um, so you, you could theoretically make it over there um, without that kind of trouble, but there's numerous smaller fissures, like the one that your that, that Warlord Bloodhill tossed the dwarf into, that sort of dot the landscape between here and there. The massive one that's cutting off reinforcements is further north. Okay. But basically the only reinforcements you could get right now is from Mulgor, from primarily the Torn. Okay. We might have to go that way. Mm-hmm. But um, Garrick will inform you that the, the Torin might be dealing with their own thing because yeah. he, he reminds you that <coughs> Camp Tarajo was just butchered and that yeah. was the Torin scout camp directly outside the gates of Mulgore. Right. So yeah, they're not going to want to spare any forces that they can't, so... Shiana and I could sneak into the enemy fort and get their records on, on <laughs> troop movements and everything. Wouldn't yeah, sure fun? love doing that with you. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, come on. You can make yourself look like a human. <sighs> uh, Was that insulting? <laughs> to her, yeah. <laughs> Can act like a dwarf. I just have to fill up a little bit. So as a goblin, you could be either way. Yeah, well, some of them are now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, some of them are, but it's still one of the cartels is now part of the horde. Theoretically, Actually, the two I of could... us are technically neutral enough that we could try to pull something like that, but it's just too risky. very high. It is risky. risky. It is very high risky. We also probably have to get on a boat because they would be very suspicious of anybody approaching them on land. Well, I mean, yeah, we go down to the. Hmm. So, <clears throat> but it could be fun. Until we have an actual coherent idea of how we'd pull that off, uh, or a decent say, opportunity to pull that off. I mean, we'd have to act like we uh, were cut off from something. And, uh, I mean, we're... No. Uh, 
So Shiana wants to go down and kind of check out some of the soldiers. Mm-hmm. What are they Just, for? I'm looking for kind of their overall attitude right now. Um, go I hate being yelled at. Roll me a. Let's see what skill will be relevant for this. Uh, I need. I'm just gonna be real quick. Just have a look at what skills exist currently. I imagine that kind of thing would usually be gather information. Yeah. But... Uh, actually, go roll me a sense motive check. Okay. Because you're trying to gather what they're not saying. <clears throat> well, because most of what they're saying is zog zog. Yes, sir. What do you sound like? You sound like something. When you say Zug Zug, and I can't remember. It's a thing from a show I've seen. Um, sorry, uh, 16. 16? Yeah. Um, uh, very... It's a combination of scared, embarrassed, and just enough anger that they want to prove themselves right. Um, you, you sense that, that sort of, that sort of orcish, um, that sort of orcish indignation is starting to build up, but you get the sense that Warlord Bloodhelt, for all of his rage and anger against the Alliance, knows what he's doing when he's leading orcs, because the, you get the sense that this orcish indignation that is building is about, I have been caught being completely disgraceful and this is not how an orc should act, and you get the sense that they're more angry at themselves than at the warlord. Do they all seem to respect the new warlord? Um, there's a there's a certain amount of uh, of the the man that I was just working with is now dead, um, but it's very quickly overridden by this is the man in charge right now, and he has basically seen all of us being completely shameful, so... We need to prove ourselves again. Okay. How far is that marsh? Uh, you'd have to cross east uh, between the mountain ranges to get to Duswallow. It's probably uh, two days ride on Wolfback, but you don't have any wolves, so probably about four days march. What was the nearest place that had food or water? Um, or was that it? If you can make it over the cliffs to Mulgore, like as the crow flies, Mulgore is only like a day or two. Um, but you have to get over the cliffs. But we don't have animals anyway, so that's not as much of a burden as it would be. Because the step one that we need is we need food here. And there's no food here, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. That's the problem. I'm going to take... I'm going to look around here. Are there any obvious hunters or trackers in this group or not? Um, there is uh, There is one orc who seems to be mostly walking alongside um, Warlord Bloodhill and sort of reporting, giving information uh, about what's been going on, what the current situation is, uh, who is a, um, a uh, forsaken, you notice, um, is the only Forsaken that you see in the entirety of the fort, actually. There is there is one Forsaken 
one Torin and one goblin, and the rest of the staff of the fort are all orcs. Um, And the Forsaken wears these sort of long uh, red and brown robes, and he seems to be the one who knows a lot about what's going on in the area, but doesn't necessarily seem to be a scout, but moving with him is the Torin, who definitely seems more like a scout. Uh, He's got this sort of like Fur, leather armor, and this sort of this glaive on his side that he's using mostly as a as a as a walking stick as he's sort of providing addendums to whatever the Forsaken is saying. Well, they're all doing their thing. I'm going to gr- grab one of these maps. I'm going to grab some of their rations, and I'm going to walk up to the the, the war chief while he's got those two near him. I'm going to show him the food, shake my head, and point at the map at Mulgore and then pull some meat out of my pack and show it to him and then point up in the direction that Mulgore is. Hmm. Uh, with a, and, and with like a javelin. Yeah. And then I'll point at like <clears throat> some of the random orcs who aren't doing anything particularly useful right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, the the warlord kind of looks down at you with your nonverbal display. Yep. Uh, you're right, I do get your point. <clears throat> Tomusa, he says, turning over to the to the Torin. Grab a couple of men, and if you can, make your way over the cliffs to Mulgore. We don't have time to make it to the gates, but if you can get some rations from your people, maybe some fresh water as well, and some kodos, if they can spare any, we could really use the extra aid. And I'm going to point at the stable, and again, I'm going to point out their stored water and their stored rations and shake my head and point back at the stable. And then, again, back at the meat in my hand and, and like, the flask of water. Yeah. And the, to, to reinforce. The, the, the torrent kind of looks uh, at, the, at the two of you. Uh, very well. I will gather some of the guards and we will make our way with the sunset. And so he, the, the Torin kind of breaks off from the from the from the other two, and goes to gather up some of the some of the guards. Okay. Something needs to be happening, so mm-hmm. I'm satisfied. Anyone else have anything in particular for the rest of this evening? <clears throat> you said there's no s- smithies or anything, or there there is a blacksmith. His fires ha- are all out, and he is mostly just doing what he can with tools and no heat. Alright, uh, I'm going to wander over that way then and see what's, what supplies he still has. As, as far as, like, armors and stuff. Um, you see this, this this orc in sort of like um, with like a red leather vest and heavy red gloves designed for the heat of the forge and like chain leggings that are mostly designed to protect around his legs for any random attacks um, is sort of like mostly with just like a wrench is just kind of like tightening fixings on weapons and you see there's there's Basically a series of javelins that are laying around um, that look like weapons that he has had to... There's a lot of weapons that he's currently repairing for various things. 
tightening um, connections, uh, sort of strapping down bits of metal that have started to come loose off of the wood. Uh, but the weapon, the only weapons that he seems to be making are basically spear-shaped things. Taking pointy bit of metal, strapping it to a stick. Pound a pointy middle, middle bit of metal till it has an edge, sharpen it on a grindstone, strap it to a stick. Basically. Because you can do that without a forge. Yep. Uh, does he have any armors? Um, there are a few breastplates that are seem to be that he seems like he's hammering dents out of and just kind of trying to make sure that they retain their integrity. But he, the only thing that he's really able to actually build right now um, is he's just like got a stack of chain links that he's slowly like bending that he he's having to do by hand because he doesn't have the heat to make them more pliable. Um, and so he can't he can't use his his uh, his chain anvil, which was normally designed to bend metal around. Um, so he can't you know use the heat, but he has so like as busy work to do when he's not repairing anything else. He's just been bending chains together. Any leathers here or not? Um, not really. It's using mostly metal work. Is there a tanner skinner who would have leathers? Uh, not that you see around here, um, but you gather this is a military base. They're mostly working with the heavier armor. Okay. Anything lighter, they probably get from somewhere who that is less worried about being attacked. <laughs> this blacksmith is mostly here to touch up armor that's been damaged. Would he have ch- any change shirts? Um, theoretically. There, there might be one that is spare, not being used at the moment. Though I don't have funds for it, so. Yeah. Okay, he'll look around. Nothing's to his liking, and he'll just because the javelins are not going to be of any better quality than what I've got. No, because they're basically the same thing. Yeah, they use the like a slightly more refined metal, but it's just a piece of metal hammered into a sharp bit. Yeah. Okay. And there's no animals here, so that's not really of any interest. Um, Are any of the dead animals on the field look like they might be scavengeable? Or maybe the vultures? Uh, You could definitely try and hunt some vultures, but the the animals that you see look like they're putrefying. Alright, in that case, I'm going to kind of nap for the rest of the afternoon, and then when the sun starts to go down, I'm going to go vulture hunting. Alright. So that's what you're gonna be doing. Anyone else have anything in particular? Um I don't know, are we gonna try anything stupid like uh, cutting off supply lines or um I think we need to be able to think... rally more forces before we can well, like start doing any offensive yeah. operations. I find one. Of the, I want to find one of the soldiers that's already that's been there, and uh, just want to ask him about the uh, uh, the equipment, how, how they moved it, if they if they moved it with uh, without any uh, any creatures or. Um, and so you, you ask one of the soldiers, and he's sort of, well, we tried it first to move some of the siege equipment once we had started losing all of our beasts of burden, but. It quickly became obvious that all we were doing was exhausting men and putting them out in the open to be attacked. It proved to be a 
fruitless exercise very quickly. I see. <clears throat> how many men? How many men were used to attempt this? To attempt this? It took at least six to move one of these siege engines. But you did move it just very ineffectively. Yes, <laughs> inefficiently and putting most of our men in danger. Sapphire would just use telekinesis and the yeah. for the catapults around. Sapphire was also like a little sixteenth mage. <laughs> yeah, he'd use one of those right now. The problem. <laughs> if we're talking about that party, then a tank would have been pretty would be pretty helpful now too. Or but crash. That's what I said. Crash a tank would be pretty helpful <laughs> right now too. What's a tank? It's a big, heavy, armored thing that hits like a truck. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure crash hit like more than just a truck. I'm sure if you put a pointy stick on the end of a semi, it would hurt a lot, too. Yes, but it wouldn't hurt as much as Crash. <laughs> I don't know, I, li- I like the idea of someone killing an undead dragon by ramming a semi into it with a spear on it. <laughs> I've seen it done already. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining uh, the well, because- A-team, that stupid van, with just like... Uh, with Mr. T with a lance in it. (laughs) (laughs) Why? What would I need to roll to figure if Mark of the Beast uh, on a bunch of people would, would, uh, how much that would help plus their strength, uh, how much that would help to to move them, make help it move the, uh, that's a plus four to strength. Um, with the, with the Mark of the Beast on, you could probably cut two people out of it. Um, you move with four instead of six, or with or six, six you can move faster. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If, yeah. Yeah. if we have like eight people, you know, a couple of shield bearers, and just to make sure incoming stuff is thwarted. I mean, I don't know, some kind of some kind of defense while we're trying to move stuff. But I mean, also you and uh, the troll are a lot uh, stronger than most, anyway. <laughs> Right. Um, or I'm actually not significantly stronger than an average orc. Oh, you're not. Okay. <clears throat> I'm much. I'm hardier than pretty yeah. much any orc here. Not significantly stronger. But that's an option. We. But yeah, we could if try. We could, yeah, figure out a way to get out there and then pull some stuff back just for the just get the close the stuff that's closer, at least. Yeah. I mean, we could try something. I just think we should set up some kind of defense thing, make it this mobile. That way we can improve our defenses here. Yeah. Is, is, is anybody because we've had a pretty long day at this point right <clears throat> yeah so are we trying is is the war chief trying to do anything today or is he just trying to kind of refocus and work worry work get things worked yeah he's not he's not looking to start a fight today he's mostly yeah. I mean not even start a fight but he's not even worried too aside from getting some supplies gathered this evening he's not super worried about 
No, he's not worried about getting anything done right now. He's worried about getting everybody back into shape. Okay. So. So we take the night off and. I guess I'll go suggest my my idea to the Warlord, see what he thinks. Mm. Definitely a possibility. If we can't get Beasts of Burden back soon, we'll need to find a way to retrieve as many siege weapons as we can. And having, at the very least, some more capable of moving those equipment. I'll keep that in mind if we need to if we need to attempt it. I'll also report to him a lot of the stuff that I found like a lot of the specifics of the problems that we're getting and about the alliance base as well and how they seem to be undermanned (sighs) way to reverse this situation if we're going to oust them from the barons at the very least it looks like we have some time eventually they will be able to restore their position faster than us but for now, they're not going to attack for at least the foreseeable future. Well, perhaps the morning will have some interesting developments for us, but for now, get some rest, all of you. I suspect we'll have a busy day tomorrow. Seems to be the case recently. Yeah. Right. Next Cool. So you all get some sleep. Get some sleep, yeah. Uh, uh, except for me. Yeah, and you you go vulture hunting. And you pick up thirty. Yep. You pick up a couple of vultures. It's they're they're scavengers. They're not going to put up too much of a fight with you once you peg them with a spear. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, honestly, once I've chucked a javelin at one, it they. It's not like something a deer where I have to worry about hitting it right in the heart to take it down. No, it's a. If I had a vulture, it's probably... It's probably done. Either hit or I missed it. Basically. And so you, you take down a couple of vultures and bring them back. Um, and, but eventually you also get sleep. And <clears throat> each of you, as you rest, find that your sleep is... Not quite so restful. Um, each of you is actually, I was actually about to say this, but I have the restful slumber spell, and I was actually about to use it. <laughs> I mean, you can cast it, and mechanically it will take effect, but still, um, the the um, your dreams this night are plagued with the. Images of this uh, of a verdant expanse, uh, a place where barren life springs forth anew with trees and with plant life and growth, and that growth spirals outward and becomes overgrowth as it takes over a portion of what seems to have once been barren landscape and then a crack opens in the ground underneath and this eerie iridescent green light begins to pour forth from the earth beneath 
as creatures of nightmare, writhing masses of tentacle and angry visages and screaming eyes and just creatures from the darkest depths of your worst nightmares just slowly begin to pour forth from this scar in the earth that you see in your dreams. And each of you has this dream, and you awaken the next morning fully rested, especially as per the spell, but a little uneasy. I'll take it we're woken as a, uh, you know, typical military morning style. Yeah, in in, in the morning, the the there's a, a soldier who comes through the uh, the barracks is just kind of ringing a a bell, just kind of. All right, everyone, wake up. All right, so you're all roused from your sleep. Get ready. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and as you as you all gather outside, um, the warlord kind of looks at the regimented lines of soldiers. All right, all of you, keep an eye out for the return of Tomusa and his scouts, potentially with food and water. <laughs> Today, we're going to be doing reconnaissance. We need to find out what the Alliance supply lines look like, and we need to see what we can do about it. But before I send any of you out, the group of you that came with me here, I need to speak with you privately. This Okay. The warlord gathers all of you to the side. And this kind of leads you up to the tower where, where you can where you can get a view of the the valley and the alliance base. So, if my suspicions is if my suspicion is correct, like me, all of you were treated to an unusual dream last night. Seems to be something of a pattern recently. Yes. Well. I'm no shaman, and even less am I some druid from the Cenarian Circle. But I know a vision when I see one, especially when many of us seem to have had the same. It is certainly an ill omen from the spirits. (laughs) Some place of green overflowing with life, and then overflowing with something else. Is there anything I could do to identify the topography of that area? No, let me survival check. It'd be a disadvantage if you're trying to recall it from a dream, but... 17. 17? It definitely looks like some region in the Barrens. So it looked like... So it was distinctively the Barrens. Like... Bursting forth of life. Like... Mostly yellow grassland with some broken dirt and rock that seemed to be overgrowing with green. But I couldn't identify where in the barrens. Not quite where, no. Cool. Where are we right now? 
southern end of the barrens. No, no, I mean like in the camp. Like, did we go uh, up, up, in, up in the middle of the, the tower where you or right. where warlord, uh, other other warlord was killed? Rolled up. Did that window ever get fixed? No, it's still shattered. I'm going to Garble. sort of move over to there and sort of try to get a feeling for the spirits if I can. Tell me a spirit check. That is a 17. Uh, spirits of air are blowing the wind to the south today. Uh, so you, you sort of reach your hand out and you get this cross breeze that carries along towards the, towards the south. Um, but it seems to be as you reach your hand out, a leaf blows into your hand. Green. <laughs> Fresh. <clears throat> fully alive. Well, aside from the fact it's no longer on a tree. Recently alive. Recently alive. And you said the wind was going south? Yeah, I was traveling south. I'm guessing I don't see a whole lot of trees around here. No. I look back inside and hold up a leaf. Winds blowing from the north. It's traveled a while, but... The spirits of air have uh, been particularly helpful in the past. <sighs> this means two, potentially three things. First, if there is an area of green plant life and growth, it's an area where we can potentially find food and water. Second, if it has emerged recently, it's likely that something more than natural is behind it. And then, of course, the third, whatever that mass of monstrosity was within that vision might be taking hold there. Which means, above all else, we need to seize that land for the Horde and ensure whatever monstrosities might be taking root there are excised. And we might be able to reestablish some form of supply. It's worth a shot. Sounds like a plan. <sighs> Certainly better than sitting around here and waiting for the inevitable. We'll just have to make sure we get there soon. We don't know what exactly is invading that area and how soon it will be there. Keep an eye out for druids on your travels. Anywhere nature is moving unnaturally, druids tend to flock. Okay. I'll hold my hand back out the window and let the leaf go back into the wind. It disappears to the south. Alright. Well, you've got your task. See to it how you see fit. I'm afraid we don't have any mounts to give you, but... Okay. <clears throat> you know it's somewhere to the north. Spirits guide you. Here we go. Yep. Alright. 
Did you get ready? If we're not already. Anything else we need to do here before we leave? I can't think of anything. Well then. Best we leave. Head out the back door. Makes sense to me. Yep. Alright, okay. So you, you head out the out the back of the keep and make your way north. Go ahead and roll your stealth checks because you want to cross a bit of the no man's land. Okay. <laughs> eh. 27. 28. Oh, uh, <laughs> I need to roll a d6 for my uh, weapon. So I think I'll tiger again. Yep, still tiger. Yep. So good rolls can help counter out bad ones, right? Maybe. Because that was six. Okay, so they see you, but they don't see us. That's great. Hmm? That's great. Oh my goodness. Actually, uh, I got the lock. Right before we leave, is there any, like... Like, in the supplies, anything that I could try to make some kind of disguise from? Like, basically, enough scrap fabric lying around, I highly doubt it, but anything with enough blue and white that I could throw it over myself just in case we spontaneously, you know, got attacked or if I spontaneously failed a stealth check and had to pretend to not be part of the horde. <laughs> what are you talking about? I I don't, I've never met these people in my life. Don't kill me, please. Roll me a search check. I don't have any horde to see if you can... So. I don't. <laughs> you don't oh, find any any blue or white fabric. I don't only find red and black. I don't even find buildings. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 he rolled poorly. <laughs> to the what is what is the color blue? Hmm. <laughs> An intriguing question. Yes. Um. While we're on our way, I'm gonna be keeping my eye out for snakes again. All right. Flying snakes specifically? Well, I mean, flying snakes are interesting, but I'm, I'm, I'm also, like, I haven't seen any flying snakes. So I'm going to kind of, I'm, I'm going to more groundward. I'm going to see if I can find any, like, venomous ground snakes. Ooh. That I might be able to catch. Well, let me just survive one check. And I'm going to be doing, paying particularly close attention to the spirits as well, doing the same thing where I'm just sort of meditating on the holy light and just sort of seeing how that attracts the spirits and sort of seeing if I can glean anything off of them. Don't run a spirit check. Not a great roll, but thankfully survival's my thing. So that's another 17. 16. 16? Alright. So first, <clears throat> um, Snakes are definitely some of the only remaining animals around this region, actually. Okay. Um, especially ground-based. Uh, so yeah, you, you definitely find a couple of potentially venomous snakes. I'd like to try to uh, catch and tame one. Tame? Roll me an animal handling check. <laughs> right. See if you get bit by a snake. Mm. 25? <laughs> Let me see. Snick. Tell me about yourself, Snick. 
Be my friend, Snake. Uh, you find a, a particularly small viper um, who seems to, at the very least, see you as less of a threat as you, you kind of interact with it for a bit and eventually you are able to get it to just kind of coil around your arm and it seems to, at the very least, think that you will lead it to more food. Okay. I will ensure to make sure that it finds more food in some fashion or other. Mm-hmm. And you have a tiny viper. Yeah. It is a tiny viper. It's a CR one-third thing. Yeah, it serves point. basically no purpose, but I know how tiny viper <clears throat> It has one point. It has it one point purpose. You won't let me have a pet cracker. No, I won't. No, it's a kraken right. has no, more than one hit point. I can. It could have been a I baby kraken. <laughs> um, like a gimpy baby. I've got an empty flask. I could milk the snake. We could milk a snake and oh, we could make uh, poison weapons. Oh. Uh, this snake is like. I know. This long. Uh, You're not getting a lot of venom out of it. Yeah, it is later. a tiny animal. But I do have an idea. It is, it is a young snack. Maybe when it's older. I mean, it's a full grown snack. It's just tiny size. Oh. So it's, it's, okay. It's I'm hearing snack, <laughs> not snake. It might be a snack. <laughs> These are two I mean, very different things. We don't things. know what he's got it for. Snack. S N E K. I think to him, we're more of a snack than snake is. <sighs> if we die. I no, think no, we're no. more of a feast. We're meals. That's a snack. <laughs> okay. That's a banquet. Well, yeah. snack. <laughs> You're a banquet. Snake friends coming with me. <laughs> okay. Anyway. But I do have an idea for getting poisonous now. As soon as I learn snake handling. And now we just need to find a tiny little cardboard box. Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why do we need it? Make sure solid. Yes, exactly. I'm confused. Oh, oh, well, uh, it's a video game reference. Oh, okay. We're leaving. We're still moving, right? Yes. yes. We're moving. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly, With a snake. like, the troll's been, like, just walking up to snake. snakes, looking at them, and then shaking its head and walking on. Eventually, it <laughs> walks up to a snake. They kind of look at each other. And he gives it, uh, like, he seems to have caught some sort of rodent, and then he gives the snake, and then snake friend is dubious, and then uh, <laughs> snake becomes snake friend. And, you know, it's the troll. Why can't I do this with a kraken? <laughs> have you because tried? You are the rodent for the kraken. <laughs> exactly. I mean, have you tried? A baby kraken, a newborn kraken. It's still a probably bigger than you. It's still, you're still it's, I mean, hey, still bigger than you, and B... Its mother will eat you. <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe you should take a crack at it. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Oh, hey, I've got a knife now. <laughs> Be glad that's what was in my hand and not my mug. <laughs> yes. All right, yeah, so you continue on. Um, the wind continues to, like, occasionally blow bits of, like, plant life towards you. You see the occasional leaf on the wind. You watch how it soars. Um, <laughs> and then it somehow impales itself on, like, a, a vine ramble. Probably, yeah. 
You guys are me. Um, We're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> and they just keep us walking. The uh, but you still haven't seen any. You still haven't caught any sight of this. Um, this uh, forest, whatever, wherever it's at. Um, any feeling on the spirits, by the way, from that? Uh, uh, from the spirit track, uh, you get the sense that the spirits are not quite so involved with this as they are um, sort of slowly returning to what can be called normalcy in a region. Um, you get the sensation that, like most places, the spirit of fire is angry and and acting out, but you suspect that's more just the volcanic cracks to the north than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the other spirits seem mostly going about business as usual. The world slowly returning to normal is always a good thing. No. Normal on the grand scale. Yeah. And on the grand scale means potentially other areas recovering from apocalypse. Or adapting to it. Eh. This is a new normal. This is a new yeah. normal. Yeah, this is normal now. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, as, as night begins to fall, you are making it to roughly the end of where the seismic activity seems to have split the area between Desolation Hole and Fort Triumph. Uh, and you're, you're sort of reaching the, the point where the the massive fissures in the ground start to become a little bit more even and the ground starts to be a little bit more level. As you as you hit the northern end of it, the sun is starting to set. So. we got to find a place to camp. Yeah. Yeep. So we're just starting to leave the area where the <laughs> ground is all... Fissured. Yeah, basically. Probably be able to find a good nook to yeah. You can camp definitely out and you can definitely find a, a particularly a, a high enough fissure to hide you from the eyes of anyone coming from the east. Yeah, yep. may as well do that yep. now while we still have the chance to. Yeah. Before we just get into completely open grassland or desert, as it may be. Yep. So you all, you all find a, a high enough. Fisher to shield you from the eastern, from the side of the east, which is where Fort Triumph is. Cool. Um, and you uh, make your camp for the night. I'll take first watch. Alright. I'll take second. I'll do third. Alright. So first watch, go ahead and roll me a spot check as you take a rest. If somebody wakes a troll up, he'll take a watch, but I mean, obviously he's not going to offer to take one. <laughs> That's a 26. 26. Okay. You see nothing, which is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> or I see something, which is slightly less fabulous. So as you as you watch um, in the over the course of the evening, um, as the as the light gets dimmer and the area gets to be um, a little bit more peaceful, you could almost say, at night. Um, there is... As the wind continues to blow in from the north, um, it seems to have been, been like this all day, um, the 
you suspect it's probably because of the heat of the volcanic crack to the north is redirecting the wind for pretty consistently just because the heat's emanating off of it. Um, but the in the in the night air, as it gets to be a little quieter, you kind of somewhere in the distance you hear what sounds like a scuttling noise, like numerous small pointed legs across rock, um, and what sounds almost like the it's hard to describe the sound of it almost sounds like a a canvas being punctured by something large and heavy like a I'm guessing I'm already at the best vantage point I could be at for this check so I mean, you could climb the fissure you're sitting you're leaned against. Sure, I'll try to get up to the top of that. You climb the you climb the the rock face that you are on, and you see um, over the over the edge of the fissure that you are at. Um, there's a small. I'm not sure whether it's small because it's distant or small because it's small. Um, shape a ways away in the darkness. You can't make out detail because of it's it's away from your campfire and you got the fissure blocking most of the light from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just this sort of like disc-like shape that seems to be huddled in one spot in the darkness. Um, you can see the faint signs of movement. Something um, something thin that just kind of arcs around every moment, every couple of moments or so, but and then like a cessation of that movement and then just some small shifting of mass. You have no idea what it is, but there's something. Does it look like worm-like possibly, or? No, it's like a it's some kind of definitely has some kind of shape. It's just kind of uh, because it's just so far of, that I can't yeah, even really you can't, tell. You can't really tell what it is, but I'll make sure to keep my eye on it and see if its movements get it any closer towards us, or if it's just kind of idly wandering. Um, over the course of your watch, it doesn't really seem to get any closer to you. And after after a while of whatever it was doing, it seems to move on to the south. Okay. I'll make a note of that to the next person to you when I get you up for your watch. Alright, I'll keep an eye out and stab it if it attacks. Well, preferably wake us up. (coughs) Screaming will wake you up. (laughs) Got it. Roll me a spot check for your watch. Sixteen. Um, over the course of your watch, everything seems relatively still. You don't really seem to notice anything particularly out of place. You don't hear 
whatever that noise was that Leaf described, it doesn't seem to be returning over the course of the evening, um, at the very least. Uh, your watch mostly goes uneventfully, and then you wake Brick for third watch. Alright, uh, Leaf heard something. Stab it if it attacks. <laughs> oh, I see it. I don't know if Brick is with the stabbing persuasion, really. Kill it if it attacks. Bunch it. Stab it with fists. Stab it with your fists. Stab it with fire. Alright, so, Brick, go ahead and roll me a spot check. Uh, 15. 15? Yeah, over the, over the course of the evening, your watch is mostly uneventful, although um, you do also sort of hear this scuttling sound um, from the west this time, actually. Not from the east, where um, Leaf would have heard it, where Leaf mentioned that he had heard it to Shiana. Um, but it's just this, the, again, it's this noise like several small pointed objects kind of hitting rock. Um, and this sound like a large, heavy object being slammed into canvas, like Uh, knowledge natural to see if I can if I know of anything yeah go ahead see what that, you got it's that description <laughs> mm, 16 I mean it's louder than you'd expect which generally just means that it's larger than you'd expect but it sounds like the motions of a scorpion mm. like it okay. sounds like Scuttling legs, and then a stinger hitting something fleshy. I'll keep an eye on in that direction of the sounds. You, you keep your you keep your eye in that direction, and then eventually, over the course of the night, you do see this sort of dark disc-like shape that you would associate with a scorpion on in the on the move. Um, in the distance, it seems relatively small, but you can't tell if that's distance or actual size as it moves towards the south, towards the south. All right. It doesn't seem to come towards your camp or try and bother you any. All right. I keep. I continue to watch until until the. And the rest of the watch is uneventful, and you all wake up the next morning. Well, we woke up, so it can't have got too badly. I believe what you heard may have been a scorpion. Great. A giant one? Bigger than me? I can well, tell. can't tell. <clears throat> if we saw it and heard it scuttling from so far away... Probably. Yeah. Hmm. I could get scorpion poison for my weapons. Then, First off, wouldn't that technically be venom? And second off, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, poison is still accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's a. 
Yes. The one came it, You can still get poisoned from it. Yes. However, the animal itself is not poisonous. Right. It's a venomous. Okay. Yeah. That's the distinction. So that means we eat part of it. Let's keep moving. If you eat it and you die, it's poisonous. If, if, you, if you bite it and you die, it's poisonous. If it bites you and you die, it's venomous. <laughs> now you know. So anyway, don't do either of those two. And then, venom is poisonous. Yes. Poison is not necessarily venomous. Hmm. I got it. Because venom is specifically a poison that can enter your system through means other than digestion. Through a bite or a sting. Not necessarily yeah. bite or a sting. Um, well, mostly. But typically it's through, it's an injection. through, through injection. Yes. Okay. Let's have rations and move on. Alright. Yes, yeah, we're going to get going. Take this number down. Yeah, no, um, I'm going to no. see if I can find us any food. You have a snake? Uh, <laughs> that's not. A 30 so. survival check to find some foods. It's going to contribute. Called the Barons for a reason. I mean, I'm talking about. Ants. Yeah, I'm talking Spiders. about large bugs. <laughs> you, can, you can probably find some beetles. Some decently sized beetles. I'll come back with a small sack full of beetles. And beetles are surprisingly fulfilling. Yeah, and it sounds like potato chips. Having a Lion King flashback. (laughs) Also, 27 survival to do the same thing. Beetles. Okay. (laughs) So as you're breaking up camp, the troll walks back in with a small sack full of beetles, and he's got one, like, in his mouth. (laughs) And he holds up the sack. Rhinoceros beetle. Probably a variety of beetles. <clears throat> Beggars can't be choosers. They're mostly carrying beetles. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> uh, I offer rations to anybody wants real. <laughs> almost real. I mean, I've got rations too, but I'm kind of. I'm basically supplementing them with what can be found just for the sake of making them last longer. Yeah. I'm doing the same. If I have to, I'll eat my rations, but if I can find food. Like, I'm eating my rations as well, but. Hopefully this can pull another day out of it. So are you the only other person who eats the beetles? I might be. <laughs> and I've also found my own, so... Yeah. Does Brick eat beetles or... No, you're probably more herbivorous, aren't you? I'll, I'll eat them if I need to. I'll, I'll stick with the ration. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially because... You're not going to find any savannah lions or anything because they're mostly north of the rent. <laughs> yeah. And they haven't been able to come south because of the rent. Yeah, no two ones for one. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not getting into magic conversation right now. Oh, my God. I'm just awesome. making references. No. No. We two made a metal gear reference. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. eat, sleep, and breathe magic. Anyway. No. So... Over the course of the rest of this, over the course of most of this day, as you travel north, you do find you eventually come across the ruins of Tarajo. Um, the ruins. The the ruins that that Garrick had found. No. Um, yeah. And you see that not a lot of effort has been done to uh, clean up this place yet. Uh, it looks like the Tori have not been able to. They've been able to clean the dead out, it looks like. But they yeah, and Garrick helped with that yeah, as well. Yeah, Garrick helped with the, with the burning of the bodies. 
Any worthwhile materials? Any worthwhile fresh material? water sources? Um, there are actually a couple of wells outside of the camp that well, have nice. been untended to, but are there. Fill the water skins. I'm pulling a ton of water up. Yep. I want to check the area because he mentioned that this was either alliance or people pretending to be alliance. So I'm going to see if I can find any any kind of tracks or any kind of indication of what these invaders were. Wait. Like possibly movement of tracks. Where How is they... Eric, by the way? He's with you. He's just not okay. saying much. He's in PC coma. Okay. PC coma. He is in Sorry, NPC. Sorry. He's been communing with the spirits very strongly. He's been in a daze. <laughs> I mean, that legitimately does make sense, seeing as we're trying to figure out what the spirits are telling us. The spirits are restless. Oh. He'd probably also be eating the beetles, maybe. So probably. <laughs> Garrett probably eats beetles. So you, you hand him a handful of beetles, he doesn't even notice, and just sounds <laughs> 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 like potato chews. Potato chip sounds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here we have the salt and vinegar beetle and the barbecue glaze beetle. This is going to be the like the next onion uh, Lay's flavor when they do the, the yearly oh, flavors. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can actually buy crickets and grub worms in potato yes. chip flavors. Yeah, yeah. So now all we need are potato chips in cricket and grub worm flavors. Did you sell those chick, those crickets that Taylor bought last yeah. while back? Did you yeah. try those? I were those like salt and vinegar or something? I yeah, salt and vinegar. He was the only one that tried them. Yeah, of I, course. I couldn't get myself. To I was not a fan. <laughs> Crickets taste like rice krispie treat or like rice krispies. They're just kind of empty puff. Yeah, rice. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, <laughs> but yeah. So, you you stumbled across Camp Tarajo. Um There's a lot of burnt wood. And burnt canvas. <laughs> yeah, okay. They don't exactly <gasps> build with much metal. Okay, I take some of the burnt wood. That, that I, I can make a mark with the. Yeah, you can use it as charcoal. As charcoal, okay. Uh, on, on my on my um, barrel of of uh, this holding my gunpowder, I put a letter D, like a something the rune would be like a letter D in common. Okay. And then I I, I move, we move on. I don't want to know. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> says D on the in common. Yeah. Okay. Any food stores? Which, I mean, the common has been established in the setting as being sort of like uh, Latin, so it probably has Roman, like Latin Roman numerals okay. and characters, so. <clears throat> All right. Uh, once I gather water, are there any food stores here? Um... There likely would have been, but they would have been burnt with some of the buildings. Like, you probably find like scorched bits of meat that have been caught in the blaze. And I'm assuming any farmlands have been left to rot, basically. But it's only been a few. It's been weeks since the attack. But and in a place like the wastelands, I'm presuming fields need a lot of tending and irrigation. Yeah. Yeah. So they've, they've started to dry out pretty bad. Alright. In that case, if there's nothing salvageable, I'm going to see if I can hunt down the tracks. Uh, so both of you giving me survival rolls to find out find tracks. Survival. Survival. Yeah, I like this will work. Before we move, uh, I'd like to try since 21. So I got a 19. <laughs> 23. Just in case they sent anything there. Um. So... Uh, yeah, what 
What do you have? 23. 23? 21. 21. 19. 19. So I get to you in just a second. The, uh, the three of you, as you look around, you see um, heavy metal-plated kind of footprints, like the, the very very uniform shape of, like, plate mail boots in the dirt. Um, uh, and you definitely find the sort of... Um, the signs of individuals in full plate that have that have wandered through. Um, however, the as far as um, like formations, it's hard to say because there isn't a whole lot of uniformity to the to them. It seems like they moved in a lot of different directions and. Um, sort of spread out once they got to the camp and moved all different layers, which you can be a knowledge military if you have it. I don't have it. Do you have you have knowledge local, don't you? I have local. You can only local. You if you have military you point it out. You can roll yeah. military. Okay. Seventeen. Fourteen. That's not how Alliance troops work. Both of you know that. Alliance troops stay in formation. <clears throat> got it. So this may not have been alliance, because especially they, like even if they did break formation, it would probably have been you know, if things had gone horribly wrong. Which, right. judging by how much of a massacre this was, it clearly did. Like formation breaks when you need one person to go do something specific, or you need um, to sort of scatter to avoid incoming fire. But even formation breaks are probably very orderly. Yeah, and formation breaks are very much sort of organized. This was a group of people got to the site and split off in all directions. I'm... I'm going to take, like, some, some of the charred wood and find a good place, like, possibly, like, maybe on some of the stonework of one of the wells, and write out like the day we came through here generally what we were doing and then write out that observation as well mm-hmm. um, on, just on, so other people who come through here maybe if the tracks have been dissipated by then on some of the uh, on some of like the what, what little is left is standing on some of the buildings perhaps yeah like possibly like near the well as well so places where people would notice yeah because if you go to this third you're gonna stop by the well yeah Saying it's the only water for miles. Um, with your with your runic sense, you don't sense any active runes at the moment. Not um, in this area. Um, you do. I will say that you definitely find the residue of runes that seem to have been carved on the ground at some point, likely during whatever happened here in this slaughter. Hmm. Probably by some of the torrent to defend themselves, but. You don't see anything beyond that. Nothing active right now, at the very least. All right. Uh, and then, anything else? Any of you are looking for before you head on? Nope. All right. So you all head to the head further north, continuing on in your search. Um, as the as the road. There's actually a road now to follow, as opposed to just split ground. And as it as it leads further north, you start to see um, it's you you haven't 
been able to sort of cross any particular horizon to see trees yet, but you start to see green grass as opposed to the yellow grass that is typically present in in the barrens. Does this grass seem natural? Uh, not to this region. The barrens grows yellow grass because grass that can survive without a whole lot of moisture. This is like fresh green. I'm going to feel the soil. Is it soil or is it still the clay and the... It's... Roll me a survival check. That's a natural one. I mean, it's still a 13, but... It feels weird. It feels like clay. It feels like the clay. It just feels weird. So it's just not right. It's not I, right. I'm going to make a survival check as well for sort of the things he's looking for. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Nice. Okay, I can roll survival checks, so that's nice. Uh, 27. The the clay here is weird. It's it's like clay that is undergoing the process of becoming soil. (laughs) It's like it's it's becoming less hard and becoming more compact and becoming more like dirt than clay. So it's reverse. It's reverse desertification, basically. Kind of. It's like. Which is not a natural process. Uh, it's like it's yeah, unbaking, kind of. I want to s- sort of feel if there's any difference in the spirits, just like either in the composition of the spirits or if they're trying to say anything. Oh, hey, Spirit Jack. That's what you got. That is a 19. So the uh, the spirits of the elements are no more potent here than they are anywhere else. But the the spirit of of life, the sort of the essence of living beings, which is sort of the fifth spirit most would associate, um, is strong here. It is awake and alive. It is moving potently, but there's there's something weird about it. Does it seem like it knows that danger is incoming? Like, sort of attributing the knowledge of that vision, does that seem like it knows that? It doesn't seem like it's particularly panicked. It just seems odd. Hmm. <laughs> It's just perhaps a little too golden, like a little a little too good, a little too active, a little too it's almost aggressive in how it's moving out. So does it from what little knowledge I have, does it almost seem to be a a little bit fire-like in that regard? A little bit? Not quite fire, but something similar. Something you could easily mistake for being a little like fire. It's spreading unnaturally quickly. Like it's overgrowing the area that it's in. Hmm. Like, this plant life is spreading in a manner that you would very much equate similar to like a wildfire. Interesting. 
So this is the overgrowth of that vision. Oh, right. And this is just the edge of it. This is you're just seeing grass. You haven't seen any trees yet. Does it seem like the grass that would grow in this area? Or does it seem like this grass came from like a while away? Like, does it seem like this legitimately did naturally grow here after expanding from a nearby area? Yeah, this seems to have grown here from further within the overgrowth. Um, okay. It definitely seems to have just spread from the overgrowth. It hasn't been like transplanted here or anything. Okay. It, it's just this grass is not natural for the barrens as a whole. Because the barrens grow sort of like wheat-like. Like, very dry grass that doesn't need a lot of moisture to survive. So, that means that there is a lot more moisture here as well. <laughs> yes. Because you, you can sort of see with this, the, the clay that's sort of turning into soil. Yeah. Just like the weather and the air seem to match it's that. It's very humid all of a sudden, yeah. Like... Like your like normal humidity or swamp-like humidity? Like approaching normal humidity, which might as well be a swamp compared to the barrens. Okay. Interesting. I'll make a note of that. Because the barrens is a very dry place. It's very arid. I guess we'll keep moving north or keep trying to go towards the epicenter of this. Huh. As you, you I'll, I'll pass um, that observation on to the rest of the group as well, just that the spirits of life are a lot more expansionist than they normally are. Is this like a straight line or is it like a curved line of... of Growth is it coming from an, a center? Like is it coming out in like um, like a circle from a central point? It's kind of like a sort of expanding wave. You would so say so there's, like there's like more. Like I think we don't have enough of a bird's eye view to get yeah, an idea. Yeah, yeah like the, the curve is too broad to have like right. a single like, to have like a point of origin that you could equate to like a building. Right. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Um. We need to get an aerial view. I jump. <laughs> you jump. <laughs> I climb up a top of brick. <laughs> no. Um, okay. But you, so, you you move for a few more hours, and the sun is starting to go down again. Um, uh oh. Now we're going to be in the midst of a bunch of. Uh, so it's just creatures. flat grasslands now. Uh, you're starting to see the shapes of trees in the distance. Um, as the sun is setting, you start to see the uh, the outlines of tall tree-like shapes. Um, <clears throat> should we try to make it to the trees before we set up camp, or should we try to stay here because we've got good view of the surroundings is the question. Oh, I think we don't want to move too much in the dark, do we? So we just kind of stay here and Yes, especially since we don't know what's going on. Over yeah, we don't there. know what's... Yeah, because the betrayer would be getting closer to the magic. And depending happening. on how like the spirits of life are, are, if they've invigorated plants this much, I don't want to know what they would do to predatory animals. Good point. Okay. I wonder if our earlier scorpion friend may have uh, been a result of some of this. I say it was a crab. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <clears throat> well, normally I'd say that a crab in the middle of the desert would be ridiculous, but seeing our current predicament, I, I, I don't know anything about nature anymore. If it's a crab, I call it. It's dinner. Okay, you catch it. I think if we kill it one way or another, it'd be dinner anyway. Yeah, that's true. Let's find a good spot in the set of Okay, so it makes sense to me. Alright, so you go ahead and try and find a place to camp. Um, everyone go ahead and roll me a spot or listen check. Oh boy. Go. Oh, my. Yes! Ah! Both the same. <clears throat> That'd be a twenty-eight. That's about nineteen more than I got. <laughs> I got a twenty. These levels in human are kind of amazing. I got a nineteen. You got a sixteen. Sixteen. Whatever it is, I don't see it. <clears throat> DC 10, I missed it. So. The. The. As you. As you move, you see the, the grass is getting particularly tall. Um. And. Two of you. The two of you got 20 or higher. I believe. Yep. 20 or higher. Um. See that it is parting rather rapidly for something very low to the ground that is heading in your direction. Like a lion? Like my pet kraken? I'm gonna shoot it. Yes, a land kraken. <laughs> land kraken! <laughs> so we oh, has uh, weapons and shield out. Let's real get quick. away from the tall grass. Well, let's let's shoot this if we can. Time. As you as you begin to try and move away from the tall grass, emerging from it is a scorpion of monstrous size. A, Not a crab. Is this massive sort of black armored carapace creature with these sort of angry red series of eyes and these large mandibles and these two giant snapping claws and a huge stinger curving over its back. This creature is huge. Do I have time before the thing pops out of the grass to cast a spell? Not quite. Give one initiative. <laughs> All right. So the spot check was for it's already almost on you, but you didn't get officially surprised. You didn't get a surprise round, yes. Well, didn't get a surprise round against us. Yeah. And I'm not going to cast that spell for the next two weeks, apparently. (laughs) Two weeks. (laughs) Hmm? Is that what you rolled? Yes. I mean, I rolled really well. Yes, but the difference is you have a dex modifier. Mm -hmm. Did did all of us roll garbage? No, I got 22. Oh, okay. You get to shoot it. I'm here for a reason. Or blow it up. <laughs> I can only shoot at it uh, at this point. I don't have any explosives on me, unfortunately. I mean, you do, just none that you can activate. Nothing I can use. Safely. No, nothing I can Yeah. All right, so you have 22? Yes. Nothing I can use. Anyone have 20 or 15? 20 to 15? Uh, 23. Yeah, 23? Oh, come on. Yay. 
So you know, anyone else have twenty to fifteen? They die. <laughs> fifteen to ten. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ten to five. I, I got a six. Which is as low as you can get, isn't it? I rolled a one. <laughs> wow. I five to one. That. Four. Okay. Nice. Whoa. And what did oh, so you get, Spirit, John? So you got what I rolled. <laughs> What did yep. you roll? I rolled a five. Spirit John is not part of this combat. Because I have nine agility. He's here in spirit. Yep. So, Shiana, you actually have the first turn. Make sure. I want you to get a scorpion. Roll me an attack roll. I want you to get a scorpion too. Are you raging or not raging? I'm going to rage because raging is fun. Yay. And I can be all like, rawr. <laughs> you can be all like raw. Two to your attack damage. <laughs> okay. Um. I better be able to hit this. Though. Twenty-five. That hits. Roll damage. I'd be real concerned if it didn't hit. Wait, I'm rolling this. I don't think you, you don't get a sneak attack. Yeah, you can. You're, you're okay. the first one going. Ten, then. Because even though it hasn't technically gone yet in initiative order, I feel like it initiating combat counted as it's being aware of you. Yeah. No, it definitely started the fight. Uh, and then Josh, you're up next. Oh, uh, crossbow. Crossbow. Damn. Six doesn't hit, does it? No, no, unfortunately it doesn't. <laughs> the, uh, the, cross, the crossbow bolt fires and it just skips off of the, the, the chitinous plates on this giant scorpion. Wow. You're aiming in the right direction this time, though. Am I? I can't tell. <laughs> Which makes it the scorpion's turn. Uh-oh. Do you want me, bro? I was going to come at everybody, actually. I mean, I'm very compatible. Oh, it has two claws and a stinger? Yeah, it has two claws and a stinger. I have one claw. (laughs) You might not after this. So? I mean, yeah, I mean... A rogue with one with no arms would be uh, a bit of a problem. Armless rogue. Undoing walks with your toes. So, uh, one one claw is going to lash out at Shiana. That is a twenty-two to hit. That definitely hits. Which will deal. Oh, sorry. Um, 13 points of crushing damage, I believe, is the claw. It's a pincer. Um, uh, claw attacks are s- generally slashing and bludgeoning. We'll say, we'll say, we'll say, uh, bludgeoning in this particular case. They're typically both, but it depends. Yeah, both. It's probably both. It doesn't say the, the damage type, so. Well, claws are assumed to be slashing and bludgeoning. Uh, a gore is assumed to be piercing and bludgeoning. A bite is actually all three. Yeah. And a slam is just bludgeoning. Um, and so it's 13 points of damage to you, and it is going to grapple you with its improved grab. So go ahead and make me a grapple check. 
I don't even know what my grapple was. Your base attack bonus plus your strength. Your base attack bonus should be three, by the way, not six. Hmm? And because you're raging, it's too high right now. Okay. That still isn't going to help me much. Uh, Eleven. Uh, nope, not against that. I don't think it can roll lower than that. Not quite. So it grabs you and it just kind of pulls you almost off the ground in its massive pincer as its other one (laughs) lashes out towards the leaf. Fun. That is a 23 to hit you. (laughs) Twice. (laughs) Which is going to be 11 points of slashing and bludgeoning damage. 11 points of not good. And then I need you to roll a grapple check for me. Which I'm going to fail. You probably are. Basically, I I don't quite have to beat it on the die, but you know. So you get Yeah, no, on a 14, that's not gonna help me. No, because I have a base attack bonus of two. It rolled a 14 on the die. What you get for your class. Add those numbers to it. Um and then seven. It's Stinger is going to go into you, Jacob. Yeah, come at me, bro. Which is going to be what your sting bonus is only plus uh, it'll be twenty-two to hit you. Yes. Macy's good. It's not that good. Alright. So you take. Wow, that's max damage. Um that is and you take 11 points of piercing damage, and I need you to make a, const- a fortitude save. I mean, probably, but uh, 20? Yes, you, you you shrug off the poison that jams itself into your system as the stinger pierces into you. If that's its max damage, then... On the stinger. Its claws have more. Yeah, but the stinger poisons. Uh, and that is its turn, which brings us to Brick. Okay. The scorpion has two of your friends in its claws. Yeah. Uh, friends is such a strong word. Not for Brick, it isn't. Hey, it is for you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I consider you friends. Aw, thank you. She does. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, you're like one of the least annoying people in the group to her. <laughs> she considers you not an enemy. <laughs> so. If I don't move, I would, would I be able to activate two two runes, two monks? Um, or, or, most or, runes are standard actions. Yeah, if you if you have a move action rune, you can activate that one, but I think most of them are standard actions to activate. Most oh, of them are either standard or swift. Yeah. yeah. No, the, two, the, the two I want to activate are one, uh, one standard action, so... Yeah, uh, let me check. Yeah, because you, a, 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 you get a swift, a move, and a standard action. Yeah. And... You can use your standard for a move, but you can't use your move for a standard. Uh, that said, uh, you do have uh, at second level you've got hastened empowerment, mm-hmm. um, which you can empower one of your standard action runes uh, as a move action. So yes, you could. You can do this a number of times per day, equal to half your level in the ring master class, which at the moment is probably one. Okay. Um, but uh, you can. Uh, you can with a stand, you can activate a standard action and as a move action. So you can activate two runes around right now if you want to. Okay. But you can only do that twice a day. 
Oh, you're level four now, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Twice. You can get it twice a day. Alright, so I'm going to activate uh, uh, Mark of the Beast to uh, to increase my agility for this time. Yeah. Uh, so your agility goes up by four? Yep. And the other one is I'm going to activate Mark of the Tiger. You get claws. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I got... Uh, I got the, uh, what's it called, the uh, Rune of Perfect Steel, so instead of just making it lethal, it goes up, the damage roll goes up one level. Alright, cool. So, D, D8 instead of D6. Sweet. That's all I can do for now. Alright, and so, <clears throat> as, as Brick slams his fist together, these series of runes that have been tattooed across his shoulders begin to glow as he begins to move with an even more... Uh, impressive level of grace, especially for a creature that is this massive bull man. And his hands, the 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 on all three of his fingers, the hands just kind of these massive talon-like claws begin to grow out of the out of the fingernails as he grows these two giant sets of claws, uh, which is going to be his entire turn. Uh, which brings it to Jang. Jang, it's all. Um, I need this thing to drop. My allies. Okay. What are you gonna do about it? Um. It, could I make a cold shot against its pincer arm? Try and force it right over the wrist. Like, what what effect would that have? I would say, if you want to try and like jam your spear into the pincer and try and force it open. I'm not talking about the pincer, I'm talking about, like, because there's an arm attached to it. I'm yeah. talking about going for that skinny weak point and trying to, like, hack at it with this dagger and bite and everything. I would say if you can deal sufficient damage with that, it would probably put it at a disadvantage to hold on to whoever's in that hand. Okay, but I suffer the standard called shot. Yeah, standard shot. Minus four to hit. Yeah. Okay. Well. But the thing's massive, right? It's also covered in, like, chitinous armor plates. Well, let's try a cold shot with the dagger against the arm. Remember it's a plus one or plus two weapon? I think plus it's plus one. two. Is it plus one? Or, yeah. plus I one. think it's plus one. Plus two would be ridiculous. Yeah, it's a plus one dagger. Yeah, it's a plus one. Oh, but it's, oh, but it's not an animal, is it? Yeah. Uh, this is, this is uh, so technically it's a vermin. It's a vermin, yeah. So it's not an animal. I can't skin it, so the dagger doesn't give me the benefit. <laughs> but if you could skin it... But a natural 20. Yeah, skin skin. <laughs> now roll to confirm. It'll remove things. It, it the plate, so. and Which claw are you going for, by the way? Uh, the one holding Shiana. Okay. I see how this is. Yes. <laughs> I'm an animal man. Uh, that's a really good roll to confirm, too. 19? I guess you're a it's troll. You don't confirmed. need healing. Darn. So it's got really good AC. Alright, so note. Cold shots in the future. Not good. Wait, you do hit it directly in the claw. And it takes... Oh, and my strength is up, so it takes eight points of damage. All right. And I'm just going to try to bite at it in general without anything fancy. All right. Let's say eight probably enough to play that it doesn't matter for the next round. Um... Oh, shoot. I forgot my strength is up by one, so that... Nine. Increase my attack by one and the last. No, no. For the damage I had it, that would have taken it from a 19 to a 20. That would hit? That would have confirmed? Yes. So I deal double that damage, so it takes 16 instead. That would definitely put it on disadvantage for his next couple of grapple checks. Alright. And chomp chomp. 
My Chomp Chomp, on the other hand, is only a 19. That will miss. Because I don't have multi-attack yet. So even though I rolled well. Alright, so hack at its claw angrily, bite at it, and then I'm going to try to growl and provoke this thing. But it's a vermin, so I don't know how well... It works better on animals. I don't know how well it works on a vermin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go and roll me animal handling. Um, 24. I don't think this guy cares. Pardon? I don't think this guy quite cares. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it has an intelligence score. Most vermin don't. No, yeah, no. It, it, it goes purely off of instinct. So, even more so than most animals. Alright, well, I tried. Hopefully, I angered enough by damaging its claw. Alright, uh, Leaf. Where is. Okay. Cool, it's a free action. So, I am going to draw on my inner orcish rage as I channel all of the anger of a mildly perturbed Canadian. That <laughs> <laughs> Canadian orc rage. <laughs> and that's a plus two to strength for two rounds, which... You get plus one to your grapple check. ...isn't the absolute worst thing, so I no longer get a minus for my strength to attempt to grapple my way out of this. Alright. Because there's kind of nothing What's else I can bad? do. Two. So you get a plus two. Yeah. I get a plus two. <laughs> hey, it rolls a two. Can you roll higher than his grapple bonus? We'll see, because that's legitimately in question here. I bet it has a from plus 12 to a plus 16. Oh, it rolled off of a 20 into an 8, so that's a 10, no. which isn't going to do it. Sadly, all of my spells have somatic components. Yeah. So, like, I was hoping the little healing spell that I can use as a free action would at the very least be no somatic, but eh. Really has somatic components? Yeah. Weird. Sorry. Can you can you flash of light though? You're you're one you're like a priest. No, that's 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 immediate action and that has somatic components. Oh, does it? That's weird. Most immediate action oh, most swift the swift action ones typically don't have immediate actions, I guess. Yeah, I forget if it's swift or immediate. I wrote it down. Uh, Regardless. Yeah, immediate action. You're stuck. Uh, and then Shiana, you're back around. You are currently in one of the Saints pincers. But I just shanked the heck out of it. Can I shank the pincer to let me go? Uh, Claws are a light weapon. I mean, yeah, you can you can you can swing with it. Um, just like swing. It won't it won't actually be trying to make it let go unless you do significant period amounts of damage. But you can try. Stab it. Um, Stop rolling one lower than your threat range. I know. I know. Um. 20-something. 20... I mean, if it's above a 20, you hit. Yeah. 24, 25, something like that. So, roll your damage. Um, nine. Nine? Nine? Alright. Still got me. It's, yeah, still got you. <laughs> still got you grappled. But we're dealing damage to it, at least. Uh, Josh, what you got? You got a gun. Yeah, I'd have to load it, wouldn't I? Um, I mean, theoretically, you could have loaded it a long time ago. We're, 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 we are not. We are not. A, we are not a fantasy setting that practices lots of gun safety. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, 
also he's a goblin. He's a goblin. Even, in, <laughs> even in this fantasy realm that doesn't practice much gun safety, all the gun safety that there is is lost on goblins. <laughs> yeah, the dwarves practice gun safety. Maybe the yeah, gnomes. No, I, I mean, you normally care around for the that way, but uh, I, I would have a, a negative to to use it, right? Because I don't have. Oh right, you're not proficient with it yet, are you? Yeah. So I would which is annoying because tinker bonus feats specifically can't take firearm proficiencies for firearms for any other type right. of weapon, but not firearms, which is silly to me. Right. So I mean, I can, I'm not going to be able to hit it anyway because I, I mean I can't hit it with any weapon. My weapons actually, I mean, very. I would have to roll. I would have to crit it in order to hit it. <laughs> I mean, what's your plus to hit? Four. You roll 16. Three bab and an agility? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I'm just going to try the... You could use the assist other action to give somebody a plus two to their grapple checks. To, uh, what, what, to jump on the arm and just... just yeah, I mean, basically you, you run up and you try to help them out and they can get a plus two on their grapple checks. That's all you would do. Yeah, well, because that would be... Uh, and there's no a, way I'm getting out of this grapple, though. I mean, come on. He's not going to roll a two again. Even if he does, I'll probably roll a two anyway. Or a three if the sky does so like. Honestly, I've anyway. still got plenty of hit points to keep surviving this thing, and currently it's really doing a big brunt of its damage to me right now, so... Yeah, but yeah, we can't bring you back. As like, I'm, I'm, I may be the backline healer, but I also have a 14 stamina. I can be a meat shield for a little bit. Just kill this thing. That's the best way you can get me out of it. I guess I'm going to try to take a shot at it and see if I can... Hit it with anything? Nope. Another miss. All right. So that is Josh. Uh, Scorpion. You got crit in the hand. Uh, first off, he's going to constrict you. So make opposing grapple checks. Yep. Make grapple check. Oh. That was a natural twenty. And twenty-five. 27, you're raging. 27, I'm raging. <laughs> uh, that actually, he rolled a 5 on the die. That actually beats the grapple track. Yay! He tries to crush you and you say no. I'm free! Not quite. No, it just doesn't hurt you. I'm not injured. Yeah, you're not hurt. <laughs> you're not more hurt than you would be. Uh, but the other claw is actually going to uh, let go of uh, Leaf and go for Janet's Hall. Come at me, bro. Nice. Uh, that's going to be a 27 to hit. That will hit. Hi. Going to deal uh, 8 points of slashing bludgeoning damage. 8 points of claw damage. Uh, and then they should make a grapple check. Look at how amused I am by this damage. Um. That sounded like either a dog or a cat. Yeah. That's Lily specifically. 25. 25? Pleasant. 27. Okay. It has you in its claw. I can't grab this thing anyway, because it's huge, right? And then its stinger lashes out at you as well. Come at me, bro. And it has you in its own grapple, which is going to be a 22 to hit. 22 hits. Which is going to deal... 3, 4, 
seven points of piercing damage, and you should make another fortitude save. Over a 20. <clears throat> Alright, yeah, you save against the... Fort saves are my thing. Yep, you save against the poison. Okay. It's amusing, because that poison would demolish anyone who got hit by it. What does it do? D6 stamina damage. I've got a lot of stamina. Yeah, but every time, every stamina that hits it makes it harder to resist the poison. It does. Thankfully, I'm the best person to be hit by this. I know. I don't even think about that. That was such a good idea. All right. I believe that makes it Brick's turn. Yep, Brick, it's your turn. All right. All right. Believe I'm going to charge it. Actually. Yep. Where's the? How how does the initiative order here actually? Uh, Scorpion, Brick, Jang, Leaf. Because if the two of you hold your actions, I can actually um, give Bull's strength to both of you, which would help out your what you're both doing. And yeah, you can both delay until after Leaf if you want. If you want to get the bonus strength. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'm all for hitting hard. More strength is always good. Cool. I'm going to go ahead and... Except your Mark of the Beast is an enhancement bonus, Wait, isn't it? Uh, Wait, he's agility. Uh, oh, you're still agility, agility. agility. Right. Ignore that. I can't use Fork Spell on Bull's Strength because I'm not high enough level for that yet. Never mind. And you so can give it to one person, so yeah. whoever you would I'll like. Give it on, I'll give it to him. Okay, so you can go ahead and charge and go ahead. jank and hold if he so desires. And I'll hold. Yeah. If you decide that you need. Full strength. So. Sweet. Mm. What do I get for charging? Plus two? Plus two. Plus two to hit. Mm. I would have 12. 12? Not quite. What'd you roll? Uh, seven. Seven? Wow. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um. Uh, so, in that point, uh, Jang, you're holding Leaf. Cast bull strength, Jang, go. What you got? I got a or twenty-one to hit. That hits. Four. Sweet. Um. Nine points of damage because of the strength of the bull. Yep. Alright, um, that brings us back to the top of the round. Shiana. I'm not free, am I? No, you're not. You have a call. You can try and get free. You could either try to free or you could try to shank. This thing's apparently disadvantaged to hold you. Or disadvantaged. Yes. I want to shank. I want this thing to go down. Oh, I forgot to fight it. Oh, goodness. That's a 20 on my bite. No, 21 because I've bull strength. So yes, you deal, you deal bite damage. You successfully bite through the chitinous plate. It tastes real weird. And that's six yeah, damage to bite it. Six, six more damage. That's within my crit range. That is within your crit range. Okay. I rolled within my crit range. Roll to confirm. I'm thinking it might actually take up Jack's idea and just have Chris be a thing when you roll within the crit range because confirming is literally a extra step of tedium. I don't think a 16 confirms. Not quite. I mean, it does give, like, having high AC a little bit more of an advantage against people who do a bunch of critical hey, hits. You do hit. Okay. I did hit it. Like, I, I think it's a, a good sort of nerf to just having insanely high There's, there's pros and cons. I, I did five damage. Five damage? Yeah, All right. Not much. 
but at the same time, you want to crit. You want to critically hit the thing, don't you? Right. I mean, true. I see people. What they do is um, on a twenty, you auto um, on a twenty, you automatically crit, and then on the expand expanded on the expanded crit range, you still roll to confirm. Yeah. yeah. Or if you have a multiplier, sense. you have to roll to confirm to get your like times four crit, or versus the times two. Yeah. Like so you got a partial crit and then an amazing crit. Yeah. I'm like, I'll, I will play around and see what I want to do later because I definitely feel like just having to confirm every single crit feels like just a bunch of tedium. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Shiona, Josh, what you got? I'm going to pull out a, my flask of oil and smash it outside and ignite it. All right. Um, that's significantly <laughs> easier to hit. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a touch attack. Touch attack? Yeah, that's a yeah. touch attack. And the thing is gigantic. It's huge, actually. Oh, sheep wreck. What'd you roll? <laughs> I rolled one. Mm. Oh boy! Mm. With an explosive. I mean, you're standing next to it, and it's got a splash radius. <laughs> and so I it's going to ignite the oil and then throw it, or no, throw no, it then ignite it. I, 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 I just try to hit it on its side, and, and you uh, splatter it against the ground. So, on the ground. so I'm going to start a fire underneath it instead. So you're going to take the damage, but it's also going to roll, make a reflex save for half damage, which it fails. I imagine the thing's not super reflexive. It, it rolled a 7. It rolled less than 10. So it's a d6 for burning oil. D6 fire damage. 4. So you take 4, it takes 4. Okay. Yeah. Alright. You did damage to it. <laughs> and at least you didn't roll a 1 on a technological device. So yeah, no. like, it wasn't like a grenade that didn't yeah. go off right. or a yeah, helicopter that, that crashed in so the So it's going to yeah. constrict people in its claws first. Jang, sorry, with you. Yes. What do it you constricts got? me. Okay, you take uh, D8 plus, you take uh, 14 points of constricting damage. Okay. And then it's going to constrict Shiana. Yes, I rolled a one on the die. How healthy are you two looking, by the way? Yeah. How many health points do you, you have? Take ten points of constricting damage. She's probably looking worse than me. I now have three. Uh, don't forget your cons up, so you okay. temporarily have an additional eight. So you have oh. eleven. I now have eleven. Okay. And then I just need to know if you go down because Stinger's gonna lash out at the goblin that just smashed a flash of burning oil against it. <laughs> Well, that's a 19 on the die. It doesn't have a doesn't have an expanded crit range on the on the stinger, fortunately. Okay. Um, so that is it's definitely a, going to hit. It's a fortitude save or a. It's a fortitude save, yeah. Can't be a reflex save. No, unfortunately not. Guess what I get for you take save. you take 10 points of piercing damage and 12, then 12,000. You get a plus two to your fort save. Plus one. Yeah. You have 10 stamina. What do I have to get? A, a 19 or something? I don't know. I, I, I I'll, made it I'll heal the ability damage later. 11 and 1 is 12. Not quite. You take yep. 4 points of stamina damage. Okay, so stamina goes down to... I'll heal that. <laughs> Which Anytime. also reduces your hit points by 8. Yeah. Until you get that heal. Oh. Eight, uh, negative four. Okay, um, real Wait. quick, as soon as that wow. happens. Yeah. Did you go unconscious? No, yeah. The instant that happens, you uh, fork spell flash of light. I heal you for one hit point, and I heal you for one hit point. You're back up. 
Yeah. Both of you stop dying. (laughs) Stop that right now. Alright, um, and at that point, uh, Brick, it's your turn. Okay, uh, Maybe we can't flank this thing while we're grappled. I'm going to... No, you're both right here in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, I would rule that you can't flank something that's grappling you. I mean, I would say even if you were, if it for some reason was like, if, if its tail was grappling you and then its hand was grappling you here, the two of you could theoretically be flanking. But we don't threaten it. Technically. Yeah, it's not like, really a threat. Because he is technically like behind it right now, but well, that's not doing it. anything. Yeah. Well, if he's got a melee weapon out, you can flank with the goblin. I'm going to use the uh, second and last uh, Swift Empowerment Swift Empowerment to uh, activate a mark of uh, magic striking. Alright, so your face become a plus one weapon? Yeah, plus, yeah. So, um, and now I will try to hit it again. Punch it. Well, claw it. <laughs> claw it with your punch. Punch it with your claw, whatever. How are your hit points looking, by the way? I can take another good hit, but that's okay. it. Okay, so I'll I'll keep Shiana alive then. Thank you. Also, the troll stabilizes instantly. That is I mean, stabilizing isn't a problem. I can I can stabilize two people per turn for twenty one. Twenty one. That hits. Roll damage. Yeah. Which, by the way, is like half the reason I took fork spell for that one spell. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> Kind of nice. That's a seven. Seven. Seven points of damage. <clears throat> All right. Oh no. Eight. Eight. Even better. I forgot to add one. All right. Brick. That is your turn. Giant Paul. I rolled a threat and then a one to confirm it. So just a regular stab. Stab. Um, but man, I like rolling max damage, so another nine. How do you want to do this? Good. Oh, I also hit it with my bite. So, uh, I would like to jab my dagger into its the joint of its arm, remove the claw, and then go up and then bite it around its face and just crush its skull. Alright, so, as... As Jangatal feels this this welling rage at these repeated puncture wounds and these crushing these crushing uh, pincers that are just pressing into his torso, he just brings the dagger up with both hands and jams it into the joint of the claw, and then just wrenches back and forth until the claw loosens and falls off of the arm of the scorpion around him. And the, as the scorpion is reeling back from the from the severing of its of its uh, of its pincers, uh, Jangus rushes up forward and grabs onto two of its mandibles and just opens his mouth and jams his tusks into its face and just presses with his teeth and his tusks on both sides of its head. And there is this sickening crunching of chitin as its entire face just slowly compresses underneath. You hear the, you hear its eyes popping in Jangatal's mouth <laughs> before it stops moving. Mmm, tasty gummy center. <laughs> Alright. Let's harvest some chitin plates. <coughs> Oh, it's a poison. And yeah, speaking of harvesting poison, I'm going to make sure that you're alive enough to do that. 
Uh, so hold on. <laughs> Let me. A little bit of healing. Seven. Ooh, I, that was actually a really good roll. Acknowledge nature to know where to go to where the uh, poison sack is. Sure, roll me all in nature. 13. Better. So would, uh, 19. Would it, the poison sacks are in the butt, right at, yeah, the, right at the base right of the base. I figured that out. Yeah, okay, I'm looking. Would it be a 18 hit points back to um, the kindness place? Thank you. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Cool. I'm going to get the advantage cast, from the dagger. Uh, Pardon? You wouldn't, get the advantage. you wouldn't get the bonus from the dagger, but. Okay. How much ability damage do you heal for a full mm-hmm. rest? Uh, full rest um, is. Uh, what do you try and figure out? For how much ability damage goes away on a full rest? One. Restful slumber on you. Next time you take a rest, you will heal twice as much ability damage as normal, so you'll be back up two the next time you okay. rest. <clears throat> All right. That's the best thing I, I got. Stamina's still down. Okay. Yeah, yeah the thing about ability damage is it tends to linger. Yes. And nobody else got hit by it. Spells. Or at least nobody else got affected by it. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Troll Troll Man um, insane. Technically, in one minute, you'll have to make another saving throw against the poison, though. Because it's still in your system if you failed the first save. In that yeah, case, um, yeah. Bear's Endurance. You get plus four constitution for that saving throw. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That'll, that'll Do I have something easy. else that gives you bonus on saves? How much is that plus four? Uh, also, what ability am I using for skinning this thing? That'll be a plus uh, two to your be, save for that. You're trying to force Chitin place off, so it'll be your strength. Okay. There's a, there's a little bit less finesse in this than trying to skin something that has hide. Uh... That's a 15. 15? Yeah, you managed to force some of the larger plates off. It's it, it's oh, not wait. perfect, but you keep it mostly intact as you manage Dang. to break some of the plates off of its hide. I have uh, two flasks to fill up with the poison. Alright. Yeah, I'd say you can get two doses. Yeah. Um, let me survival to see. Survival? Oh, survival's not a good thing for me. Would this be equivalent to you want like, the Nolivian kind of material usage? Theoretically, but not quite actually, as potent. You could go ahead and use the aid another action and all harvest it. I think reincarnate is like half the okay. roll. Aid another gives a plus two. So it would just be like, yeah, I think. it would make master work. So basically, like you can minus make, one armor check penalty. Yeah, yeah you can make soul. master work armor with it. Yeah. Okay. With survival. Twenty. That'd be a 24 on the survival check to help you out with your poison stuff. So okay. there you go. Alright. Alright, so yeah. Uh, you, let's say so with two flasks of- with Leaf's help, you can yeah, you can harvest two flasks of scorpion poison, which will probably work for three applications of a weapon each. Okay. And I'm going to really quickly check if I can do something for him. What do you need? Uh, you have when you when you apply the venom uh, to a weapon, you have the next minute to hit something, at which point it will uh, it will affect them with the poison. After a minute, it dries up. <clears throat> and when you apply a poison, you have to roll the d20 on a natural one. You poison yourself. Right. Yeah. Unless you're an assassin. Because you're just good if you're an assassin. Because you're used to it. I was hoping I could give him a bonus on that save, but I can't. So. I can only give myself a bonus on the saves. Right. For my little priest ability. Okay. And after a minute, the poison pulses through your system again. One of the fortis would save. Oh, we have to get on this a 10. I feel like I get 25, don't I? 17? Just under the DC. 18? That was with the plus 2? Oh, the plus No, uh, plus 2 on that, so... So 19? 19. That makes it. You don't take the secondary damage. Ah, there's endurance! Yes, good, okay. Yeah. Also, you were injured, right? Oh, yes. 
Eight. I'll say we're going for three. Stamina. Eleven. Could have given him a mug of the beast with stamina. Yeah. <laughs> but you made it in. You, did. you heal 16 hit points back. Okay, so that's... Yeah, I Okay. <clears throat> I mean, we're about to rest up anyway, so... Yeah, just making sure if we get another ambush. And as you set down to rest after being ambushed by this giant scorpion... And cooked scorpion. Yeah. Uh, the scorpion, you notice, is odd. Um, aside from just its sheer unnatural size, which is not a size that one typically finds around this region. Um, so we're talking like a 20-foot-long scorpion? It is a huge creature. So, yeah, somewhere between 15 and 20 feet long. Yeah. That's the size of, like, yes, a that's, small that's the size school of the bus. Kodo. <laughs> so, a scorpion the size of a small school bus. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Scorpion the size of a short bus. So, whatever is affecting the plants around here, I'm guessing is taking some kind of a hold on the local wildlife. Uh, I was going to say, before, like, even aside from it's just unnatural size. Because I speculated that before, um, so here's confirmation. Even aside from it's unnatural size, as you peel the plates off, as you harvest, you find these sort of, like, pulsing green veins across its under across its underbody, in, in, inside, underneath its armor. Which is weird, because they don't have circulatory no, systems. No, they don't. Wait, what? These, just these, don't these, have a just these, these lines system. of greenish something that pulse underneath the chitin. Greenish. So what I'm skinning is... Knowledge is right. Yes. Knowledge is? Would... Knowledge religion, is this something like demonic or horrible, or whatever knowledge is would help me here? Uh, knowledge is that would be applicable here would be... Nature. nature. Definitely nature. Arcana? Uh, arcana, maybe. And religion, maybe. Darn. Let me do arcana. Uh, 16. Knowledge, nature. Knowledge, nature. I could have done a lot better than that. 23, arcana. Nature. Er, arcana, knowledge. Arcana, knowledge. Knowledge, arcana. Arcana. That's only an 11 on knowledge, religion. So, one... Scorpions don't have a circulatory system. Yeah. They should not have veins. That's how this thing got so big. It needed a more efficient way to get nutrients around its body as well. Um, so. Are we sure a little girl didn't just give her a lot of love? <laughs> <laughs> the girl is like a succubus, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just give it lots of Adam. <laughs> um, the, uh, this is not in any way natural. Um, the energy that sort of suffuses it is not arcana, through arcana knowledge. This isn't augmented by any virtue of the arcane. It's augmented by almost a twisting of reality. Like, this isn't something that should exist. This isn't like a chimera or something that a mage would make in a tower. This is something that is not within the bounds of typical reality. It is it's an aberration in reality more than a vermin. This is what I found in Finabla. That's what you learn. And also, in addition to the 11 religion check, which is great, a 25 spirit roll to get an idea of 
what the spirits think of this, if it itself has some kind of twisted spirit. It is completely unnatural. It is a almost a void of spirit. It should not exist. In fact, as you look at it, the the sort of greenish veins across its body <clears throat> slowly start as it's no longer alive, start to dissolve into the rest of its form and it just slowly breaks down. The armor plates that you've stripped off it remain because you stripped them off it, but its body just begins to break down. So it is a death stalker. It just its entire body just kind of slowly dissolves in not into like massive puddles of liquid, into shadow that just kind of disperses across the ground. Huh. It's almost like you just got attacked by a nightmare. Like a bad dream. But the kite is still there. Yeah. The armor pieces that you stripped off of it are still there. <laughs> and what do the do the spirits notice it? Or, like, do they just not realize it exists? Or are they disgusted by they this They are thing? revolted by it. It should not exist. Figured. Rest up, everyone. We're going to be running into the, quite the unknown enemy. Hmm. Yes. <clears throat> and as you all get your evening's rest contemplating what on earth this nightmarish monstrosity was that you have just run across. That is where we will end for the evening. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Farewell. Bye, everybody. Bye.